I hear a female on the line. Yo, Amy. Hello. Okay. Hey. Amy Rose, Rose Amy. No technical difficulties this week, Amy. <laughs> Don't what? jinx it. No, no hanging up on Amy this week. <laughs> Don't jinx it. So you put a little piece of masking tape over the button that says, uh, the, that says the big red button, don't click here or you'll hang up on your guests. Well, we have a specific hang up on Amy button, <laughs> which in hindsight, we probably should not have. I don't know why we even installed that button. That seems like a horrible idea. Yeah, well, same with the self-destruct button, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, let's get started. The Geek Speak Podcast Network proudly presents Scene and Nerd. Viewer discretion is advised. Please make a note of it. Movies, TV, Blu-rays. Well, if you're somehow consuming it on a screen with your eyes, then you'll hear it on Scene and Nerd. Here are the hosts of Scene and Nerd, Pacing Pete and Matt. With a little help from Casey Franco. Bazinga! And we're back. Hey, 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 everyone. So, uh, first of all, I want to apologize for not having a show last week. We, let's just get that out of the way. Uh, so, Matt was fighting crime. Uh, I was committing crime, weirdly enough. And Pete I, I, Pete was probably here. Pete, you, you live here, don't I was you? watching you commit crime. Oh, okay. Good. You were the, get, you were the getaway. The getaway mobile. Exactly, exactly. Piggyback rides for the win. You, you need some help. I was like Ryan Gosling in Drive. Right. Everyone yes. needs a driver. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And everyone needs a Ryan Gosling. Exactly. I fully 100% believe that. I try, but you know, he's no. on like a whole other level. Uh, well, that's debatable. <laughs> Let's introduce our guest. Let's introduce we? our guest. Well, first of all, welcome back to Scene and Nerd. We took a week off, like we said, but we're back and we're coming with, uh, back at you not with one, but two guests. Uh, first up, I'd like to welcome back. Uh, she was on last year with us talking about Kingsman, which is actually out right now. And she'll be the first one to tell you how amazing it is and how awesome Matthew Vaughn is. Welcome back, Rose Moore. Welcome, welcome back, Rose. And uh, as always, welcome, she's always welcome here, Miss Amy Marie. hey Um, I would like to, for the record, say that yes, everybody does need a Ryan Gosling. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really down with that as well. I, I, I'll wait for mine here. Okay? Um, what if he came in like, like a... Just like a pocket can size. Can have a beard, though? Pocket size Gosling. Can he have a beard? Is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, bearded Gosling. Exact opposite. I'll take the clean shave and Ryan Gosling. Oh, fantastic. We won't be fighting over the same one. Though. There needs to be like a, a Build-A-Bear-esque store where you can build a Gosling. <laughs> yeah, that could be a very creepy store. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! That gentleman come into to the clinic that I work at the other day, and he looked. It was a dead ringer for Ryan Gosling, and I couldn't help it. I blurted it out. I'm like, "Has anyone ever told you you look like Ryan Gosling?" And he kind of looks. He's like, "No." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this just got weird." You no, but you made that guy's day for sure. That is only a compliment. Awkward silence. No one ever insults someone by saying they look like Ryan Gosling. Like you look no. like Ryan Gosling. Like, oh, how dare you? <laughs> Yeah, that's one way to that. piss somebody off, right, Kate? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if it's a woman, that might piss him off a little. Oh, that is, that's true. That is that's true. true. Yeah. That's a good point. Then you're done. You're overstepping your boundaries. Um, all right. So uh, with Matt not here, like we said, so no redactions. This well, week. although Casey did well, say he found something in the last episode. See, so I say wrong. I spew wrong things like a fountain spews water. Like I. <laughs> So we were talking about Spaceballs getting a potential sequel, and yeah. jokingly, I shouted out, Nazis in space. Uh, I should have known better, because the joke is actually Jews in space. Oh, so that's I said, right. I said, 
But exactly the opposite. I said a horrible. <laughs> I said I made a horrible. I made a huge mistake, and I'll be the first to admit it. Uh, let's see. What else did I say wrong? Oh, when we were talking about the flash, mm-hmm. uh, and we were talking about the phones and the cameras in everyone's phones being oh, able yeah, to yeah, actually yeah. take a picture of the flash. I said uh, I want the aperture in everyone's phone. I meant the shutter. Aperture <laughs> controls light. Shutter controls speed. So in case you didn't know, this is Casey's last show with us. Yes. Uh, it's been a good run. I'm off to go start a, a business where you build Ryan Goslings. Or you can start a business that, well, okay, yeah, that would that would be not a bad business. <laughs> I, th- I thought Casey said he was I have this, uh, this, Now I have this whole idea of an episode called Shutter Shock where uh, you get to slow down the flash because you have something that, like, stops his speed. So now I want to like write a fan fiction. So, that's your. <laughs> if you see a blog pop up with that fan fiction, you know who it came from. Where's the scene in nerd fanfic? That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know exactly. When's that coming out? <laughs> I'll write it. I don't even worry about it. I'll, I'll get on it. <laughs> All right. So we are a fanfic. <laughs> oh, so totally, we are. <laughs> uh, well, that's it for redactions. I. I All think. right. Well, one more. One what? more. Uh, I miss Matt. <laughs> Well, that's not even, we don't even have to redact that. I just miss Matt. It's more of a statement. It's more of a statement. Yeah, it's more of a statement. You could have waited until the end of the show for that. Oh, I mean, I'll say it again. I'll, I'll say it again, definitely. <laughs> All right. So uh, just jumping real quickly into the new movies coming out this week. Uh, there's a few of them. Hot Tub Time Machine 2. Uh, that's sitting at a sadly uh, 13%. That is sad. I heard, a, I heard a funny rumor that they wanted to call the sequel to Hot Tub Time Machine, Hot Tub Time Machine 3. And the joke, just to be... the joke being that they went forward in time and skipped the second one. But the oh. studio said that that would be too confusing for for the viewers, which I think is insulting to the viewers. Yeah, they don't think that they can't count to three. Target demographic there, yeah, they wouldn't get that. That's way too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm that is gonna yeah. shoot a Yeah, no kidding. Um, let's see what else. Uh, the Duff. That's at sixty eight percent. That's with our boy Robbie Mel. The Duff. Firestorms in that which, movie. He's a. He actually started out in comedy. Robbie Amell. I re- really? This is going to get really embarrassing. I remember watching him on Nickelodeon when he was on True Jackson VP. He was the kid who was in the mailroom, and I had a crush on him. And then, like, years later, he shows back up, and I was like, oh, my God. That was my first experience with the Amell family and wow. how beautiful they are. <laughs> but he started out in comedy, so he's... Rushing in early. <laughs> Uh, he's, it looks pretty funny. I hope it ends up being funny. Um, someone said it's like the mean girls of this generation. I don't know if it's going to be that good, but it should still be funny. I I mean, that's a tall order. Mean, mean girls is an instant classic, but I have confidence. I have confidence. Anybody else? (laughs) Yeah, it looks, it looks cute. You know, it looks kind of funny. It does bug me a little that they put in the the ugly fat friend who is neither ugly nor fat. It's very frustrating. (laughs) It's sort of like, you know, the three blonde women and their two brunettes and a redhead. It's really just frustrating. It's very, she's all that, like take a really attractive Ah, woman and put her in dungarees and be like, oh my God, she's hideous now. (laughs) That's true. So not exactly. <laughs> Not exactly an original formula. Yeah, yeah. It's like no. that Silicon yeah, Valley really... joke. Where they, no, where, uh, what's his name? Hooli guy. What's that, Amy? No, I was. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> well, it's like what Duff stood for. It's like that Silicon Valley joke where the leader of Hooli is like, it's like they they mix and match until they each have one Indian guy and two oh, yeah. white guys and one fat guy <laughs> and one guy with weird facial hair. <laughs> That's coming back actually soon. I'm it is. About that. Yeah. It is. 
Um, so uh, the last movie coming out, McFarland USA. I just realized I spelled that wrong in my notes. Seth McFarland? No, no. That's with Kevin Costner. Uh, it's at a 71% on the Spain meter. So that's actually getting good reviews. Uh, new movies out this week. Um, if you haven't seen it, Birdman, go watch it. Yep. It's really good. Definitely do um, that. Dumb and Dumber 2. Don't. Don't. <laughs> the Theory of Everything. <laughs> the Interview and St. Vincent. You know what? I probably will watch Dumb and Dumber. Don't. Just don't. because. It's sad. It's sad. <laughs> it will make you sad, Pete. Because they reuse all the jokes, but it's like they're old now. And they're like. It doesn't work. They're like. They're like weirdly offensive. Like they're mean spirited. It's strange. Did you see it, Rose? No, I didn't. I never liked Dumb and Dumber. It's wow. not. I don't like Jim Carrey when he's being funny. He bugs Agreed. me, and the whole idea kind of bugs me. And I was just like, no, that's that's eighteen tons of no for me. <laughs> Have any of you guys seen a theory of everything? No, I, I really want to. Want to. Stephen, to. Stephen Hawking is, is one of my idols. I don't know why. I'll never be anything even close to what he's accomplished, <laughs> but he's still one of my idols. I like him. I want. Should I see it? I don't know. I haven't seen it. I was oh, wondering. Okay. It's, it's one of those movies where I feel like you need to have the time to sit down, watch it with tissues and be ready to cry yeah. like you have to be in an emotional state to watch that kind of a movie and then have like an hour or two afterwards where you can just sit in your chair and go oh my gosh i need to emotionally process what i just watched mm -hmm. right well his so i haven't had that chance yet <laughs> <laughs> right yeah his his journey is very inspiring he became a he yeah. became a physicist and then developed als and still managed to be revolutionary despite his despite his uh affliction yeah, I'm excited to see who's going to win the Best Actor Award because it seems like during the award season, um, it was either Michael Keaton or Eddie Redmayne. So it'll be interesting to see who, who takes home the gold. Um, there, was a, there was an article in EW, and mm -hmm. it asks, it like polls some of the uh, Academy people anonymously and asks them who they're going to choose. Yeah. And it's really funny if you read the responses for the Best Actor because a lot of them said, I think Eddie Redmayne should win, comma. But I'm going to choose Michael Keaton, and I was like, and it happened a couple times, and I'm like, why, wait a second, are you're actively admitting to not picking the best person? This is why. And one of them, one of them was like, well, choosing Michael Keaton because I'm celebrating his career, and I was like, so oh, what about gosh. Eddie Redmayne? You're just not yeah. going to give him what might ultimately end up being his like top career role, which I don't think it will be. I think he's amazing. But seriously, I thought this award show was supposed to be about celebrating a specific movie mm -hmm. or a specific actor in a specific movie. It's, I don't know. It's a little bit well, bizarre. There are, plenty, there are plenty of Lifetime Achievement Awards and sort of yeah. spanning exactly. the career awards that are completely appropriate for that kind of thing. But now maybe this is why Leonardo DiCaprio has still not got an Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> Look, just Leo. Okay, Leo DiCaprio needs to become like the Kanye West of the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> where every time he doesn't win, just like, I had the best music video of all time. Of course, of course Leo would actually have a... Uh, the only and, difference uh, being is that they would give him the yeah, award. They would, actually they would be the like, award. you know what? You're right, Leo. You're right. Stellar performance <laughs> yeah. at the Oscars. Yeah, no Here's your Oscar yeah. for your performance at the Oscars. <laughs> All right. So um, so those movies coming out. Um, try to catch up before the Oscars. That's this Sunday. Uh, check them out. Um, all right, moving on to Casey's uh, news, and we're doing a little something different. Usually, we do the comic book movie news rumors at the end of the show, but we're lumping it all in one big. We're gonna go back to back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll so. just go. We'll verse off. All right, entertainment versus comic books. Are you ready? Good. Let's do Are it. You ready to to literally? You're going to win this because it's. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say. That. All right, the Parks and Recreation executive producer uh, Harris Whittles uh, was found dead recently. Actually, it's very sad. He yeah. was found at his uh, Los Angeles home on Thursday. He was 30, 
and it's I think due to a possible overdose, which is very it's very sad because mm-hmm. he was so young and Parks and Recreation is so good. He's yeah. so incredibly talented. It's I didn't realize that he was the executive producer of the show or producer one of the producers of the show because mm-hmm. I, I saw Rob Lowe tweet out last night just like you know he was very upset. You could tell in the tweet. You know, damn it, this guy, you know, addiction sucks. This guy's gone too soon, you know, so it's, it's very sad. Yeah. All right, well, a little bit little bit better news. Uh, well, I mean, it has to do with Cuba. So not. it's like a, like one, it's a step up. It's a little bit better. Conan is going to be doing the first U.S. broadcasted show from Cuba in like 40 years in an upcoming show. Wow. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait for this. Uh, let's see. Uh, have you heard about the Brian Williams thing? Yeah, I think everybody has. Have you guys right. heard about that? Amy Rose? I feel like if you've said mm-hmm. that, I can't say no now. <laughs> <laughs> Brian White. Yeah, I, I totally set you guys up for failure on that. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow, the silence from both of us is a little deafening. <laughs> Brian White. It definitely wasn't like we're not here. It was like, why did you do that to us, Pete? <laughs> Brian White, no, man. He had such like a, he, well, NBC has lost like 70,000 or 700,000 viewers in the wake of him being kicked off just, wow, just of NBC. That. Yeah. That's, just, well, wow. well, I mean like he, he had a, he was, he was beloved, I guess, but you shouldn't, uh, you should be held to that high of a standard if you're mm. that publicly known for reading the news. Yeah, like, very true. Uh, hopefully he still carries well, I mean, on with his rap career cool. though. Hmm? Is this the whole helicopter fiasco? Yeah. Yes. Where yeah. they're like, how do you not recall that your helicopter was not shot down? Yeah, like, yeah. oh, that's right. I didn't go plummeting to the ground. That was the one in front of us. Did you hear the, the comment that Jim Carrey made? No. Uh, at the SNL 40 yeah. anniversary awards? He was on the carpet and he was like, oh, where's Brian Williams? Uh, Matt Lauer's like, all right, well, we got to go now. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jim Carrey was like, well, just so that you know, uh, if the copter in front of me goes down, I'm taking your story. And, Brian, <laughs> and uh, Matt Lauer was still like, all right, thanks, Jim. And then throws it to commercial. That's funny. Ah, oh, Jim. All right, let's see. And then speaking of SNL, uh, they, uh, they broke NBC record rating or ratings records with their 40th anniversary. Okay. Which is strange because I watched it and didn't like it that much. I thought uh, some of it was kind of funny. Some of it was good. I mean, I, I like the Celebrity Jeopardy thing. But that's just because Will Ferrell was in it. Yeah, he's great as the Alex Trebek. Yeah, I love that character. Did you, uh, Amy Rose? Did uh, you guys get a chance to watch the uh, SNL 40th? Wasn't it on Sunday? So it, Sunday evening. Yeah, yeah. See, that tripped me out. I was like, but it's called Saturday, <laughs> and I don't understand why it's on Sunday. I but why didn't that occur no, to I, me? I, I didn't have a chance to watch it. Rose, did you but see? It's it? true. I was like, "This is so weird." Yeah, did, Rose, did you get a chance to watch it at all? Uh, I saw a little bit. My my partner was watching it, and so I sort of saw it here and there. But I'm actually not a huge fan of Saturday Night Live. I'm not a big sort of skit person. Yeah, that's fair. That's fine. That's yeah. absolutely yeah. fair. Yeah, it's it's it's. I I've watched it over the years, mm. and it's certainly not as funny as it used to be to me. Um, I it's funny watching the 40th. I was sitting back going, "Wow." I watched a lot of SNL in the 90s and even to a small extent like the late 80s because my, my mom used to watch it a lot. So I, I remember a lot of the stuff, but it just made me think like, wow, I actually I invested quite a bit of time watching this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the other reason I don't think I watch it was like I left the U.S. the first time when I was like six or seven and I didn't come back until, you know, I was in my mid 20s and we don't get SNL over in Europe. Mm hmm. So, like, other people are like, yeah, I watched this when I was growing up and everything. And I'm like, nope, mm-mm. Totally new experience for me. <laughs> I don't get it. 
Is there any kind of Saturday Night Live equivalent over in Europe? <laughs> Not really at all. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> think of one. I'm sure there might be now. It's been a good six or seven years since I've been back, but... Uh... Yeah, I don't remember one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably not yeah. not necessarily a bad thing. All yeah. right, and then my, my last piece of entertainment news. Uh, John Stewart announced that he will be leaving The Daily Show. And collectively, everyone wept. That's a bummer. It is. It it's... is a bummer. I know people, especially my age, a lot of young people, they will get they will get their news from satirical sources because regular news, well, as you can see from the Brian Williams thing, yeah. is... is is under a lot of controversy these days. It's not really as reliable as it once was. Yeah, well, I, maybe not necessarily, but it's more publicly not reliable than it once was. Do, do you watch uh, John Stewart, Amy? Uh, no. Well, I mean, I watch skits that come up every once in a while. But I was thinking about it. There is literally an entire generation of voters who have never gone through elections without Stephen Colbert or John Stewart. Yeah. And it's actually. I feel like it's going to change the dynamic a little bit because people who may not necessarily vote against or for a certain subject mm -hmm. um, may have because of what Jon Stewart brought up or the information that they come up with because they do some pretty intense digging. Like, yes, it's a comedy show, but the the research that they do is actually pretty astounding. They come up with some, some incredible facts and a lot of stuff to back it up. And you sit there and you go, oh, well, I actually appreciate what you just did. So now I'm going to go vote for slash against whatever you talked about. Mm -hmm. And I think that I think it's going to be interesting because it really has been, what, 25 years? Close that to is, it. Yeah. Close to it. Yeah. That's like four or five different elections or like, OK, I this is how this is where my political knowledge becomes blatantly obvious. <laughs> I guess technically that would be like 15 because there's technically elections every two years. But as far as yeah. like every four years, the really big ones, mm -hmm. that's that's a lot of, um, you know, that, that's a whole generation of people who've never gone through elections without him. That's weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, Rose, how do you guys do you guys watch Jon Stewart? I mean, obviously, it's a lot different um, in Canada. I mean, do you guys sit back and look and and I you laugh at Jon Stewart? I love I love Jon Stewart and I love it because it is an interesting way to get the news and it's a lot more of a amusing and fun way. And you can actually sort of hear a little about the news and not want to just punch yourself in the face <laughs> when you're done. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, I like that. I like being happy. Um, but yeah, we watch it, and obviously, you know, fairly close neighbors. We do like to keep tabs on what's going on <laughs> in the U.S., you know? Our neighbors I mean, to I, the I north. I personally live, like, two hours from the border at a reasonably slow drive, so, you know, you're pretty nearby. It's scary. So you're not sitting back and saying, huh, silly Americans. Nah, good old America. <laughs> no. I think I did that a lot more when I was back in Europe, because you were much further away. <laughs> <laughs> that makes total sense. Uh, I, I will say this, though. Um, I've been watching a lot of John Oliver lately. Yes, I was actually going to tack something on. Uh, John Oliver's show was renewed until 2017. I so. think that's really cool. I don't know yeah. um, if you guys had a chance to watch it, but he's really funny. He is. Really, really funny. Um, I really like him. Again, same thing. He does his research. They all do. I mean, mm -hmm. they have literally, they have staff members who are comedians, but also really care about what they're looking up. Like he did this one segment on, uh, I think it was Miss America or Miss Universe, which is a fascinating segment to watch. But the amount of research that they did, they were calling people and they called like dozens of organizations and people and spent days trying to get all this info. And they put these numbers on the screen and I sat there going, oh my gosh, I actually believe what I'm seeing right now. 
Um, so I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss getting my accurate news. Yeah, <laughs> from a funny British so guy. Sad. Like when you think right. about it, and think that, like, well, like you were saying, there's a whole generation of voters who have never gone through it without news satire. There's also this whole generation of voters who have never believed that the sort of serious news is telling the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, there's a whole generation of voters who have been a running joke for that whole time, and it's just like, oh my god, really, <laughs> really, we actually now go to our satire for accuracy at our news programs for like laughs well, because they're just so out of it. There's a whole generation of voters right now that have never gone through a political scandal, so I mean that yeah. the humor in politics hasn't really hit them yet. It's all much too serious, which they're is why good. I get my news from a funny British guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. There, there really hasn't been any. I mean, we're not going to get off any tangents, but you're yeah. right. There really hasn't been any big like. Oh, it's coming. Yeah, it'll happen. <laughs> Just give it time. We're over two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was it for your news. That's it. So, uh, so top that bit. I'm sorry that I was just about to call you a bitch. I just want to preemptively apologize for that. <laughs> I see. I see your preemptive bitch, and I raise you. Uh, Jason Momoa as Aquaman. What? A posted hitting, hitting Twitter last night via Zack Snyder. It is not <laughs> a fan pick. It is not. It is the real thing. All right. Zack Snyder tweeted out a picture of what Jason Momoa looks like as Aquaman, and it looks fantastic. Yep. It looks um, cool. I, I, um, Amy Rose, uh, I'm sorry for you, Amy. <laughs> Did you get a chance to see uh, the picture of Jason Momoa as Aquaman? You say Amy, Amy Rose. I did. I did. That'd be kind of a cool. We thing. just merged into one. <laughs> did you just yeah. give them a Bradgelina? No. You gave them a salute. This is my version of Flaro. That's. You the... know. You know what else we are? I feel like we're. Aren't we a series of uh, Doctor Who companions? <laughs> yeah. Was yeah. There Amy and Rose. We need a redhead. <laughs> um. Oh, what was the question? Oh, Aquaman. Yes, I saw it. It looks really, really cool. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Is I feel like when 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 the announcement for Aquaman came out, is there like a subset of comic book people who really hate Aquaman? Like, oh. is there like oh, a Jar Jar Oh Binks yeah, no 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 no. Status I... for Aquaman. What is that whole dynamic? Personally, oh, okay. I... oh sorry. Go ahead, Rose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rose. Right. Go ahead. Comic go. No, the the sort of original Aquaman was kind of campy and looked a little like a like a Ken doll, like a blonde Ken doll, and. <laughs> had this ridiculous outfit and wasn't very badass at all. And he was kind of like a joke in the universe for a lot of people. And then when they rebooted it for the new 52, he came out as this like flowing, locked, rippling muscle badass, like calling Cthulhu down on everyone's ass. And it was really, really cool. But he still kind of got a bit of a reputation as a campy weirdo who speaks to fish. Because he kind of sounds like the Jar Jar Binks of the of the Justice League. <laughs> the Jar Jar Binks of the sea. Wait, Jar Jar Binks <laughs> is of the sea. <laughs> mm. Let me get back to you on that one. But, no. Okay, so so knowing all that, is the general acceptance that oh my god, this is awesome. <laughs> I, yeah, I, it's so cool, and they're they are showing him as badass, and I think that Momo is going to do so much for making Aquaman less of a joke and making him the, the, the really cool guy that we see in New 52. And you know what the photo, because you know we've seen it, it's all sort of like sepia and black and white, and it's it's not totally color yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you see his hair, and it's kind of dark, and he's got these like almost white bits through it, and I still believe they're going to be blonde. I still think he's going to have some blonde there, because he has to. Well, yeah, if he, yeah, the picture is that, like you said. I mean, there's you can kind of see it in there, but I think there's like a filter over it that's, 
kind of ha- keeping us from really seeing what the full image looks like. Um, and I was actually talking to Matt about this. Uh, he texted me and said, you know, it seems like after Batman and Robin, like when they completely changed everything with DC with the movies, they really went away from color. And, and in a way, they kind of have. You know, I mean, obviously, you got the normal colors like in Man of Steel. There was still the red and blues, but it's not as dominant. They're, they're not as, you know, bright. You know, there's nothing there lit up. Um, but I mean, that might be the way they're taking this. Maybe all the characters, to an extent, have a darker shade of the color that they're known for. Maybe mm-hmm. this is just that's the tone of the entire universe. That's just I feel like I'm it's a little bit more realistic as well, considering mm-hmm. that, like, if you are, I don't know, like bright red or something, and you're trying to sneak around, I feel like it's really <laughs> obvious. You'd be like, oh, hey, look over there, a person in bright red. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, it's not exactly. Yeah, yeah I feel it's, like this not, is a it's not realistic. subtle. Batman was the only one with a practically colored costume, really. Right? He could sneak around at night in his dark outfit. And yeah, Superman, though, I mean, Superman never really snuck anywhere. He always just kind of like bombed in and destroyed everything in sight. Hello, so. I'm Superman. Like, just out of nowhere. Yeah. He never he never bothered with like... Oh, Sorry, you still oh, Did we lose you? You still there? Everyone sound off. Canada, Canada, you're from Canada. <laughs> no. Oh, she's back. Okay, okay. Canada's oh back. God. We're good. You're back. Okay, you're good, that's you're right. Good, good. Sorry, we also we also installed a, <laughs> a hang up on Rose Moore button. <laughs> <laughs> we should really take these buttons out. Why do we have these? Well, the fact that you're telling them this in the beginning. Well, just... so, well I mean, all right, all right, press the hang up on Casey button. Press it. Go. I know you want to. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, boy. So as you can tell, we're all very excited about the Aquaman costume. Yes. Um, I, I and I, I just want to say real quick, I'm really uh, happy with how DC's handling Man of Steel. I'm going to say Man of Steel too. Uh, Batman versus Batman v Superman, and I think they're doing it the right way. I don't think we should, but we should be bombarded with tons of video and pictures when we're still like we're still just a little over a year away. Um, and you know, we got the shots of the Batmobile, and then we got Batman, and we we have a new look at Superman. Wonder Woman, now we get Aquaman. So I love how they're subtly dropping everything. And it makes me think, you know what? I can wait for the teaser trailer just a little bit longer. Because you know what? I feel like it's all going to pay off. Like, I'm just super stoked about it. And I just say that as a DC DC guy. I, I'm super stoked. I'm super stoked about this. Um, all right. So just uh, one other little piece of news real quick. Uh, Supergirl casts Laura ben, Benanti. I don't know if I said that right. As Laura Zorel in the new Supergirl uh Mm-hmm. CBS show. So uh, apparently she was on the show Nashville. So if you've seen the Na- show Nashville, that's where she's coming from. Um, so uh, that she is uh, Kara's birth mother in the show. So that's I fun. just that's a fun fact. Yeah, it's a little fun fact. I just wanted to keep that short, real quick, uh, so we can get into TV talk because we have so much to talk oh, about yeah. TV uh, shows. Yeah. No, and uh, yeah, I loved everything uh, this week, with the exception of one show. But I'll save that for the. Uh, TV talk. So, wait, 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 green, green, green slider, green, green slider up. There it is. Okay. All right. Change. And then the. Ch- wait, that's not. That's not the hang up on Amy. No, 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 no. That's the. That's the make sure we can hear things slider. Uh, now, now the channel in the scene. All right. Hold on one second. And TV talk. Holy shit. Here we go. Put the remote down. Put the earbuds in. Sit back. Listen. The boys will catch you up on what's happening on TV. Warning: there might be spoilers ahead. TV talk on Cena Nerd. In case you didn't know, this is the most discombobulated episode 
of <laughs> Cena Nerd ever. It's just every single fucking week. We're just like, oh, TV talk. Here we go. Oh, wait a minute. Sorry. Don't have anything prepared as we flip, flip haphazardly through CD channels and slide everything up. And try not to hang up on Amy and Rose. Uh, we try time. our best. I mean, we obviously, we can't make any promises. Rose, I, I think they brought it up earlier, but they really did hang up on me a last week or a couple weeks ago. Like, I'm like, da 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 da, click. I'm I like, still oh, fully, I fully blame right. the internet. More, more specifically, I blame North Korean hackers. <laughs> oh. Weird, weird tangent. It'll take okay. you like 30 seconds. So I wanted to print out an article. There was an article um, a couple weeks ago on like uh, Huffington Post or something. And it was like, I work for Sony. This is what it was really like when we got hacked. And I tried to print it on my printer. And I printed two articles side by side. One that was that, one that was different. The different mm. one turned out normal. Mm. The one about Sony printed out in all 13 pages with these weird symbols. Mm. Like, I couldn't hmm. print out the article. Whoa. It was just a series of weird symbols, and I was like, holy crap, they're That's... in my printer. I'm going to, can I, email me a copy of that. I'm going to take it to the archaeology professor <laughs> that I that I know. <clears throat> he seems like a cool guy. His name's Dr. Jones. <laughs> my theory is that, is that North Korea was like, nah, you get no info. Man. <laughs> that totally takes me back to Smallville when they had all those weird symbols, and they're trying to figure them out. Anybody get that okay. reference, please? Somebody yeah, say yeah, I, I'm watching Smallville, like, right now. I'm halfway through. Awesome. Okay, good. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Woo! Okay, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. T- tangent over. All right. So, TV talk. TV talk. <laughs> Run the intro. <laughs> All right. So, uh, we're going to kick things off with, with uh, Gotham today. Yep, and, well, uh, I'll just sit down. <laughs> and I, I really enjoyed it this week. We had a lot of things going on. You had the... Uh, you had uh, the Flying Graysons in town. Um, let's see, what else do I have in my notes here? You have the Penguin kind of flexing his muscle a little bit. Fish is still in this prison called Hell. Um, Gordon's relationship with Dr. Tompkins is still, seems to be going well. And we might have met the Joker. Um, Amy, what did you think? I just want to kick things off real quickly here on the Joker. What did you think? Do you think we have actually met the Joker? Um, because they, they did say that, um, the, the writers did say this is supposed to kick off the Joker saga. So did you see, did you see that? Um, did you see that, uh, for what you saw? Um, I, I wonder if I had, if I had watched the episode without any sort of, um, influence from social media, if I would have picked up on it, um, I probably would have as soon as he smiled and I was like, Oh my gosh, you are Dennis Quaid's like illegitimate offspring. <laughs> that creepy smile. I was like, oh, okay, and you are probably the Joker. That and the laugh. Um, I don't know if that's the right background to go for mm-hmm. for the Joker, mm-hmm. but I, I'm game with it. I think it'd be kind of fun. Um, but now he's in prison, theoretically. Yeah, he kind of confessed to murder. He did. So that'll be interesting. I'm curious to see where they go, but I thought if they end up going that way, that guy's the the actor, his like creepy little smile, and then that laugh definitely qualified as yeah. creepy as shiz. Very very true. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Rose? I think like uh, yeah, like Amy said, I think he's a really amazing actor for it. Like he's just he did it phenomenally, but. I'm sort of, I still feel like they, they originally said that they were going to tease various different Jokers for the first season and not show us the specific one that they were going to go with. And I don't think that they would have changed that 
now. I think this is just our latest possibility. I, I do think as well, though, it would be kind of cool because the Joker's backstory is kind of all over the weird place. and changeable <laughs> and not really consistent. So they can kind of do what they want with it. But if they do have him, uh, like you said, Amy, he's in prison now. So then I think, well, then he goes to Arkham, and then we have the possibility of bringing in Miss Quinn, which would be really interesting if they did something truly weird with that and just switched it all around and had them both meet as sort of younger people in an insane asylum, and he flipped her as, like, a candy striper girl. Like, mm. that could be interesting. That's true. That's very awful, true. But... <laughs> okay. No, I, I, um, I, I thought it was okay. I, I don't know. I just, I've seen so many different, different origins of the Joker that – it's so hard to get attached to one of them, and it's so hard to see how they can translate on that screen. That's that's one of the things I loved about the Dark Knight with Heath Ledger's Joker was, um, and Christopher Nolan even said he's just he just is the Joker, um, and he and he never intended to do an origin story on it. He just was, and and you really saw that every time every time Heath Ledger was going to kill somebody, he gave a different version of his upbringing, and I really like that. So I I love that they are if they are teasing us with different. Like oh this might be the Joker this might be Joker I really like that because it does kind of call back to the comics like and uh, I think early in the season they uh, they kind of teased that there was a musician auditioning for Fish Mooney and uh, and they said oh maybe this is the Joker and that was kind of a callback to I think it was um, the Killing Joke uh, I could be wrong on that um, but there was a, I know there was like a kind of a, a Joker a Joker origin whereas he was like a musician um, like in a, you know before he became Joker obviously and and so I'm excited to see. Um, how that all plays out, and if you know, if we still get more teases of the Joker and what the beginning of the Joker, Joker saga uh, really means. So, um, so with with that, we also had um, the fly, Flying Graysons. Uh, Rose, what did you think of the uh, inclusion of the Flying Graysons? I think it's so cool. I love little nods like that because they're not, you know, they're not bringing up a whole Robin origin and stuff. They're actually just being like, here you go, here's a name that's going to make comic book fans go teehee. <laughs> And that's fun, and I like it. Um, I do want to say, quick note, on the, the original, the first Joker that was teased was uh, not a musician auditioning at the club, but he was a comedian. Oh, okay, okay. Thank you. Stand-up comedian. Okay, got it. But, oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. I, forgot, I completely forgot about that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love the Flying Graysons, and I like I love the whole sort of circus element to it, and I found it really fun and a little bit fantastical and it was just really cool to see very cool what do you think amy i picked up on the grayson aspect but i don't really have a whole lot of the knowledge um besides the besides just the nod for the for dick grace and the name i don't really know if there's anything more involved with it rose is there is there like is that part of the backstory yeah he did come from a family of trapeze artists and that was an acrobats and that's why he was so good as a sidekick for batman is that he had this background in tumbling and kind of like parkour before there was parkour and that made him a really cool sidekick so they were very true to the grayson backstory and that the flying graysons and trapeze artists are a thing cool so, you know, this obviously we all this all comes out because of the death of Lila, which turns out to be Jerome's mother. Now, um, I'm, I'm curious, you know, Gordon and Dr. Tompkins are on this date. I'm wondering what you guys think of, of the relationship between Tompkins and Gordon. Now, do you you know, obviously we saw Barbara Gordon come back. She saw them kiss at the end of the episode. So they're obviously moving towards a love triangle type of thing. Um, how do you think this is going to work with Tompkins? Do you think. 
you know, uh, he's going to stay with Dr. Tompkins? Uh, is he going to leave her for Barbara? Is this, I mean, what uh, kind of, what, what, which way do you, which avenue do you think this is going to go down, Amy? Well, I'll be perfectly honest. I think that Barbara kind of, I think the ship has sailed with Barbara, in okay. my opinion. Um, I think that, that uh, Lee Thompson hit it right on the mark. She's like, you want a strong woman. You want a woman who can handle it. I can handle it. Clearly, Barbara could not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's, there's, there's, that's nothing wrong with it. I mean, she got kidnapped and held at gunpoint. I wonder if Lee Thompson would be able to handle herself in that situation as well. But I think right now the reality is that, that, I mean, Lee hit it right on the mark. She's like, you want someone who can live this life with you. I can, I literally am living this life with you because it's also you. Whereas Barbara just, I don't know if it's necessarily the life that she was going to, you know, was going to be able to handle. That being said, there's the entire last name thing for Barbara Gordon. So yeah, you know, <laughs> minor, minor thing there is that we kind of so, know how this has got to end. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's the main thing I'm going, uh, well, his, uh, you know, her name doesn't end up being Lee Gordon. So yeah. something's going on. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, uh, Rose care to uh, share on what you think of that, that as well. Yeah, I think, I think Barbara Gordon is a really interesting choice for Gotham because obviously in the source material, she's just his faithful sturdy wife kind of thing Mm -hmm. and seeing her as this really screwed up person is really interesting it did bug me in this episode that she came home after this whole side arc with her affair and everything else and then comes home to these two street kids living in her apartment and she's just like all right give me fashion advice like (laughs) i thought it was kind of cute (laughs) i kind of liked it (laughs) like i sort of was like all right okay but really (laughs) and uh but you know i think maybe that shows something like i'm not totally into the character of leslie Tompkins. i find her a little too kind of pushy and very much like um you know she she had a job and then she meets jim and then she gets a job where he works and then she wants to be involved in all of his cases and I'm getting a little bit of a creeper vibe from her, honestly. (laughs) Um, And I'm starting to feel like we may start to see Barbara coming in. Oh, damn it. Damn it. All right. What? And she's back. back. I can go back to sitting down now. Canada. (laughs) (laughs) At least by that way, I know that I've disappeared. I hear you saying, Canada, wait. All right, sorry, uh, keep going, Rose. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to see her come into her own as a better balance for for Jim Gordon. I think that Leslie might lead him down the garden path a little bit, might take him in the wrong direction. Okay. Because she's just, she's way too into this stuff. And she's, yeah, she's getting creepy with the almost stalkerish vibe with him now. Yeah, she definitely wants to be around, like, all the crime stuff going on. And I guess that would be... N- I, I don't know if it'd be normal in that profession, but um, I would see more if she was like a CSI, but she's a medical examiner, which I think is a little different because she's examining the bodies, which is what, you know, as we've seen uh, what Enigma uh, wants to do most of the time. Um, but it, it's interesting to see how they're going to portray this whole, you know, relationship and, and how, how it comes around. Um, oh, I'm just completely blinking out right now. Oh, so I wanted to ask you guys about fish. Now, 
did anyone else think it was very fast that suddenly everyone in the prison was on her side and she she gave the speech which I, I actually liked the speech but the reactions of the other prisoners kind of came off to me like they weren't sure and then you know um five minutes later they're backing her up and one of the prison prisoners even kills himself uh for the cause now um what do you think about that, Rose? Tell me what you think about that whole uh, that whole scene. I thought I thought it was kind of cool. I kind of do get her her immediate rise to power because of the whole dynamic that they had. They were all completely cowed and under the control of this one man, and then she basically just strides in and slaughters him, and uh, then like, all right, you're mine now. Mm-hmm. We're good. And uh, I sort of feel like that. That is why there, there, there's a little bit of the uh, the Stockholm syndrome cracked to the the prisoners right now, and they're just like absolutely sure. And then she says, you know, I can get you out. And you know, previously they thought no one could take down this guy, and now she's they think no one can get them out. And then she says, yeah, I I totally took him down, like with with this thumb, and <laughs> you know, and I can I can get you out. And they they believe her. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty brutal. And it's a very brutal concept to be like, all right, well, beat the person to death that you want unless you give me stuff. <laughs> it's just insane. It's inspired, but so crazy. Um, I did love how throughout it I was watching her when she was sort of backed up by her, her prisoners. And I love that they intentionally seemed to choose the tallest actors they could to make her look even smaller because she looked like this teeny little diminutive woman that was just kicking everyone's ass. And she's got that little sort of Africa hair wrap going on as well, which Mm -hmm. is kind of bizarre, but I'm loving where she's going. I love it. Little, little tiny African queen killing everyone. (laughs) All right. uh, uh, Amy, what do you think? I thought she was just a general badass. And she's like, you know what? I'm bringing order to a place where there's no order. And I think that's the main thing. There was no order. I mean, um, people, people, there were probably those, those individuals who weren't getting fed, who weren't uh, getting water. Um, and so she's bringing order to chaos. And when you've lived in chaos for so long and you've kind of given up hope, any amount of hope or the ability to, to get back to normality and the, the concept of escaping, which may have fallen away over their years of captivity, is now coming back. Um, I think you would jump on the, the fish Mooney boat right away. I think you'd be like, yes, this woman clearly knows how to run things. We have two options. I can either not follow her and see where that leads me, probably with a shank in my neck, or I can go with her and be like, oh, huzzah, yeah, <laughs> and, um, you know, hopefully get out. But I want to know who the the manager is, who yeah. the the gentleman is she's going to meet. Yeah, that should be most interesting. Yeah, it's gonna be very yeah. interesting, and especially the fact that they kind of gave in to her and said, "All right, uh, we'll, well, I'll stay here, and you can go see the the head guy." So, I mean, there's um, I'm I'm not saying they fear fish yet because they haven't met her, they have no reason to, but there is a concern there, obviously, because they're they're uh, saying they're agreeing to her her needs or her her demands. So that's going to be interesting to find out. Do you guys have anything else you guys wanted to say about the show, Amy? Uh, anything else you liked about Gotham? Um, it was an okay episode. It wasn't an episode where it's like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, it was just kind of a, to me, it felt a little bit like a filler episode. So. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh. yeah, I think they're I think they're building up to bigger things now. It's that sort of lull where the characters have all been introduced and now they've all come back and they're all doing their own little storylines and now we can start to build things up. It was the return of Barbara. It was seeing what was going on with Fish. Uh, I did love I loved Bruce Wayne in this episode. This is the first time that I was watching Gotham and was actually kind of cheering for him and like, wow, you're actually being kind of a little badass. I like it because he had the whole meeting and basically it was, you know, the, the board was not taking him seriously and wanting to pat him on the head and be like, how cute. You put on a teeny tiny suit and came down to see daddy's office. And he was like, so I've done all this research and I'm taking you all down. It was so cool. Yeah, that was yeah. That. No, I totally agree. That was a really cool scene and nice to see uh, he kind of st- he's basically standing up for his family and the family name. And uh, they they thought Brucey was just coming in to take maybe a tour of the facility. And they quickly had to uh, put that notion away when he stood up to them. I thought that was really cool. Um, and now it's time for Agent Carter. Uh, I've, you know, uh, it's sadly coming to its and hopefully I haven't heard anything. Uh, maybe you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't. I haven't heard anything about it being renewed yet. Um, we all hope it does get renewed because who who wouldn't want to see more of uh, Peggy Carter and uh, Jarvis adventures? Because that'd be pretty awesome, right? Um, so uh, let's let's start. Yeah, things. let me just jump. I'll just jump back in here. All right, go ahead. Okay, sorry, I had to stand up, <laughs> shake it off, stretch my legs. So we had a pretty uh, gruesome opening. Um, Amy, what did you think of uh, how the show started this week? Um. We we talked about this a little bit on the Peggy Carter podcast that it's very interesting to see that Dr. Ivanko used to be, you know, using his powers for good. He used to, when when he helped this gentleman, he helped him not feel pain. He gave him a good memory to to think about um, while they were doing this rather horrific thing. I mean, that's a whole lot of pain, amputating your leg, <laughs> two legs, actually, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was it's kind of sad to see how far he's fallen whereas he's no longer using his ability for what we perceive as good but then the question comes up maybe he's using his ability for what he perceives as good maybe he fully believes in what leviathan is doing maybe he has you know a kind of a warped twisted sense either from the mouths of someone else or just in his own mind that what he's doing is proper and correct and that he is saving the world on a different level than say the SSR would say that they're saving the world. So I wonder Mm -hmm. if he thinks that, you know, knowing his previous history, I wonder if we, if he thinks he's doing the right thing, but then again, he, you know, killed a couple people. So I don't really know if murder qualifies as the right thing. That's true. The greater good, I think would be the way that he would argue that, you know, if he was, if he was assuming that he was doing something for the greater good and that a couple of people had to die to save a thousand, then I could see that logic. I wouldn't necessarily agree with it, but I can see it happening. Okay. Okay. Uh, I really liked, I I liked the episode. I thought it was fun. I, uh, maybe not fun is the right adjective for that, uh, but it was it was an exciting episode. I mean, now we have everyone's secret. Everyone knows everyone's secrets, kind of, and mm-hmm. and they're on the on the run. Uh, remind me again what happened this episode. Sorry, <laughs> you kind of talking out of my ass for a second. But I... <laughs> well, like I I saw it when it I saw it when it was on TV, and then I DVR'd it, so I I watched it again last night and as you a refresher. Don't remember anything. Yeah, is that oh my is that gosh. weird? Is that weird? Because I don't normally watch show the shows twice. <laughs> General but I've, plot it's, line. 
I guess I, I think what it is is that I'm so geared up for the finale at this point that like the semi finale is like it's just all emotion for me. It's just one single it's all anticipation for me. Okay, let me let me give you something then. Okay. What do you think of Sousa questioning Peggy? Um just like seriously hardcore questioning. I mean, here's someone who you know, we all pretty much we, we I, I don't know well, I don't I can't speak for everyone, but it seemed to me like Sousa was the only one that was on Peggy's side this whole time. Mm-hmm. The only the only one who treated her with any kind of respect was Sousa. And so here he is is the one that's like the hardest on her, like in the interrogation room, just coming at her, just not giving an inch. And she's brushing everything off. I think that's why he was so hard on her is that he had, you know, everyone else yep. was sort of like, yeah, we always thought you were kind of a useless woman. So, hey, look, you're not useless, but, you know, we still don't like you. It's fine. And he was really angry because he's like, you know, I believed in you. I was rooting for you. I was I was on your side and then you screwed everything up and you turned out to be the enemy. And I'm really, really disappointed and angry. Like, it made sense for me for him to be kind of the over top, over the top interrogator man. And then it's the the most reason. Exactly. And then it's the complete opposite with Thompson, who Mm -hmm. had really just this entire, at least at the start of the season, been really not anti Peggy, but didn't really trust her. And then they go to Russia and he points it out. He's like, you saved my life. And his his view on her changes pretty drastically. And he wants to trust her. He took her out to drinks. And then as soon as he trusts her, she lets him down. Um, and, he, you know, he was a little bit different. He was a little bit more relaxed until he sat down and was like, well, you know what I can do. And she's like, and you know what I can do. And I was yeah. like, oh, snap. Yeah. <laughs> Shit just got real. Mutual knowing of what each other can do. <laughs> now, now, just to uh, piggyback off what Rose said. Now, did you guys also at the same time when they started to finally come around that Peggy was telling the truth about the doctor mm. and they were starting to all kind of come together? Did you think it was okay that Susan kind of went back to I do trust I do trust Peggy? I mean, what do you think, Amy? Okay, say that last part again. I got a little lost. So, um, so you know, once they start to wonder if they should start to trust Peggy again because she's coming with them with this information that the doctor is doing Morse code and there's something else going on. Did you think it was okay that Susan went from hardcore interrogation to I do trust Peggy again? I think it was normal because I think they both wanted to trust her. I think they really wanted yeah. to trust her and they were having a lot of trouble trusting her when she had obviously blatantly lied. But then when she sits down, tells the truth and a tr- the truth makes sense and she's got proof and evidence. And, and I, you know, even not, even though she doesn't have a whole lot of evidence, I think that they wanted to trust her. And so mm-hmm. the opportunity that they were given to trust her, um, especially the moment where she, you know, very emotionally revealed Steve's blood and the main reason that she kept it. Um, I think that they they got a window into her, kind of a window into her soul right there, and realized that that she is completely exposing her emotional self. And for her, for Peggy Carter to do that, that whatever she is saying must be true because that is the only reason she would be willing to make herself that vulnerable in front of the people who she is trying to to impress. Yeah. To, Especially when they've always kind of made fun of her for her connection Mm -hmm. to Steve Rogers. And there was the line back toward the beginning about, you know, we all know you're just here because your boyfriend was Captain America. So for, yeah, for her to be really vulnerable about her relationship with him is a a huge deal. Yeah. And I I think that's getting back to your original question. I think that is why Sousa was so extreme with Peggy is because he did take it personally and everyone did develop like a very strong 
or him and him and her did develop a strong bond with each other. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, what do you guys think of the whole Dottie and uh, Doctor? I, say, I can't say his name right. What's his? What's the doctor's correct? Ivanko, right? Iv- Ivanko. Okay. Yeah, I think so. What do you guys think of them like working together that kind of the entire episode and and they worked very seamlessly well together. Uh, uh, Rose, what did you think of that? I think it's kind of cool. I really love Dottie. I think that she perfectly embodies that like perfect blonde Barbie woman that it can be really scary. And it's just, I think she's really cool. And um, I kind of like them working together. I like that they have this sort of connection and the Morse code over the windowsill was really awesome, especially because you had that moment of like, oh my God, she's going to shoot him and he's good. Wait a minute. This is all wrong. I, it was <laughs> it was fantastic. Amy, what'd you think of it? I think they're just two perfectly evil pairs, except for uh, I, I still kind of hold to the fact that Ivanko kind of believes in what he's doing. Pe- uh, not Peggy, huh? Dottie mm-hmm. has been like completely brainwashed from her days at the uh, Black Widow Youth Academy. And so I, I I think of the two, Peggy is really truly evil, but I think that, that Ivanko probably yeah. has his reasons for doing what he does, and most villains do. But uh, they're they're kind of a scary team, but someone's pulling their strings, and I want to know who it is. Oh, clearly, and her dentist scene, her murdering the dentist. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Who doesn't <laughs> want to murder dentists? Though? <laughs> I do give it that. You know what though? I literally, when I watched that was a couple episodes ago. <laughs> when I watched that scene, I had actually just come from the dentist <laughs> yesterday before, <laughs> and I had like fillings in, and my my mouth was sore, and I couldn't open my jaw, and it was really it was a bad situation altogether. <laughs> and so that was actually really hard for me. Like the drill started, and I had like a little bit of a spasm. I was like, yeah. oh god. Yeah, okay. <laughs> little Pavlov esque like. <laughs> <laughs> Turn it off, Pete. I wanted to ask you, uh, what did you think of uh, of Dooley and his and his ending? Oh, how he killed himself. Yeah, uh, and how extremely badass it was. It was it was pretty bad. I mean, that was just him like saying, you know what, I I got to do it. Uh-huh. Um, I'm I'm. It's like the captain going down with the ship kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Only he separated himself. From the ship, yeah. to make sure that everyone else stayed alive. See, I, he he picked up the gun, right? I thought he was gonna like off. That's him. what I thought. I thought too. he was gonna off himself, yeah. but no, he, he shoots out a window and dives and explodes yeah. midair. Yeah, kudos. Well, you to the- take a second to be really happy that they actually bothered to have someone shoot out a window before leaping through. Right, <laughs> you bring up a good point. In movies and TVs, that they always just like run into the windows. I'm like, if you did that, you would bounce off. That in like an SNL skit or something. Oh, that was... <laughs> like, like, just like, like green arrows running towards it. Oh, God, get Stephen Amell on SNL and have him do that. Too. Oh, that would have be him, like running, 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 run into the window and then just bounce off and have like Black Canary sitting there laughing her ass. Or off better yet, him. better yet, hard cut to him on the ground all cut up like, ah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't tempered glass. Oh, really should have checked that. Fair, I think Oliver Queen does shoot out the windows most of the time with his arrows. <laughs> right. Except yeah. that one time he swung out with Felicity, but we're, we're yeah. again, yeah. details. Yeah, details, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I was I was really happy that they actually had him shoot out the window. I was pleased. <laughs> and, and kudos to the VFX team. That was an amazing scene. Just the special effects was really well done. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I, I thought that was really cool. Uh, I did feel bad for him, though. 
when uh, he was under kind of the trance. And yeah. He, you know, he was... Because I actually did buy it. I thought he did go home. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to make amends. And, and it kind of, they were kind of selling it because the wife was was like, what are you doing here? Like, it was mm-hmm. just... It, it started it to make sense. And then you see here the doctor standing at the window. And I was like, shit, that the, sucks. The only thing it was missing was like a spinning top on a table. No kidding. That like tumbles just a little bit. And then boom, back... <laughs> I was waiting for credits it. roll. I was waiting for Leonardo DiCaprio to pop out, but <laughs> aren't we all though? <laughs> aren't we really all? <laughs> what'd you What'd you guys, uh, uh, Rose? What do you think of that whole thing where uh, he used the family thing against uh, Dooley to inevitably get what he needed, and then to put entire SSR at risk? I thought it was it was diabolical. I do I I do love what he's doing, and I love the hypnosis thing, but at the same time. There is a small part of me going, these are meant to be really sort of closed off SSR agent men. And they're opening up remarkably quickly about their their families and their personal problems. And maybe it's just because their their guards are down. But um, yeah, I do find it a tiny bit odd. Not so much with the uh, with the director whose name currently escapes me who jumped out the window. But uh, because he, Dooley. you know, Dooley, Dooley yeah, yeah, because he, well, you know, he sort of worked into him a little bit more with, you know, asking, picking up signs and, and working into the idea of being told about his, his marital troubles. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I did, I was a little bit concerned about how quickly he let that out, how quickly he was willing to talk to someone about his sort of deep, dark problems when the fate of the world is at risk and all that kind of stuff. It's like, eh, yeah. maybe not the time, dude. <laughs> True. Uh, Casey, what were you going to say? Uh, I, I was going to say, hang down your head, Tom Dooley. But that's like a 1958 song, and no one would get that reference, so I, so I won't. Amy, what did you think of that scene? Um, there was some debate that... Um, we had on the Peggy Carter podcast on whether Dooley um, at first he was faking it Hmm. and I don't think there was any amount of time that he was faking it because it was blatantly obvious at points that he was trying to fight it Mm -hmm. like when he stood there and he's like I really don't think I should give this to you yeah and the way that he looked almost sad and somber when he was asked to do certain things Mm -hmm. um, I think I think they did that really well I have to agree with Rose now that I think about it it definitely it is a little bit, you know, these are supposed to be trained SSR agents. Yeah. The the guy who they made jump in front of the bus last time or the truck, um, mm-hmm. that I can see he was kind of like a new under-trained agent, but Dooley is supposed to be the top man. But I wonder if, if something like this, like how to resist mind control is really in the SSR 101 manual, because <laughs> I feel like now it will be, yeah. but at that time it may not necessarily have been a part of it. It might become part of the S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, manual, the Shield 101 manual, Shield slash Hydra <laughs> yeah. 101 manual. But um, I thought they did it. I thought it was pretty well done, but I do have to agree with the Rose. It, it is kind of, you're like, okay, you, you could have resisted a little bit more, but maybe this guy's just that good. He might. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the thing. He might just be that insanely talented that no one stands a chance and he asks you one question and you're done. Very true. And so one thing I hadn't touched on yet was. Jarvis trying to come to the rescue of uh, Peggy Jarvis. in the episode, and I, I gotta admit, I gotta give him credit for really trying to uh, fake uh, Stark uh, coming clean with a confession and trying to get Peggy out of it, and it 
just completely not working out in the end. Uh, what what did you think of that, Rose? Uh, was it was it smart? Do you think? Uh, what what do you think of uh, his attempt to break Peggy out uh, with I, a fake I, with a fake confession? I absolutely love Jarvis. I think he's adorable, and I think that one of the more adorable things about him is that he's so out of his depth with this stuff, <laughs> and he's sort of like yeah. kind of bumbling, but he has this other really good skill set, and they they don't really work together, and he's always like has the best intentions and I just want to give him a hug and uh I think it was you know it was an interesting concept I liked that he tried to come and get her out I liked that he was confident that if he did that she just needed a little more time to fix everything but it wasn't a plan that was ever going to work really in the long term like this was definitely a short-term solution (laughs) yeah it it really was uh Amy what did you think about that whole uh that whole situation. I was yeah. particularly fond of the uh, part where he walked in and all and all the women are like not paying attention to them. He and he's like, "I have a signed confession from Howard Stark." It's yeah. like dead silent. Yeah, he's old. <laughs> yeah, that I, was that was good. That was fun. Um, I think as far as Jarvis goes, this this episode, I think he's starting to really see the destruction that Howard Stark's inventions and his you know antics in general have been causing for the people around him. And we saw it back on the, uh, the Howling Commando episode when Peggy ran into Jarvis just very shortly. And it became very clear that, that Jarvis missed her and that he was pained by what he had to do in Howard's name. And now he's really, he really cares about Peggy. And I think that if he had to, I I think the question might come up if he had to choose between Peggy and Howard, who would he choose? Mm -hmm. Um, And I tend to think that, he would choose Peggy because Howard would say, choose Peggy. Because I think Howard Stark also knows how destructive he can be, but he, he it's like a pathological need to create and to invent and to do what he does. And I don't think he can ever stop. I think he needs people like Jarvis and Peggy to be there to, to help control things, but the things have gotten out of hand. And so we saw that last night line that he said, Jarvis, um, he said something along the lines of, of this is, this is Mr. Stark's bloody fault or something like that. Um, and it really is, it's all his fault. And, um, Jarvis, watch, (laughs) watch your language, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's something like this is Mr. This is, this is, um, Mr. Stark's bloody doing or something like that. And I think that that Jarvis really that he, he was very clever the way that he came in there and he he qu- lied quite expertly but then again he's probably had a lot of practice with it lying to the husbands of was my wife with Howard Stark last night <laughs> oh absolutely not sir you know I, I feel like he's gotten very good at lying he, uh, <laughs> he wasn't not not with your wife <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. I don't under, quite understand. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. I can't understand your accent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, please tell me that was a SpongeBob reference. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I can't help it. But back to the back to like right. like 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 uh, um, uh, officialness, talking, words, speaking. Um, I think. Jarvis really having to deal with the implications of what Howard's done and he really 
I think for Peggy, and I think we saw that in this episode, and I want to know how far he's going to be able and willing to go. Again, I think that that if it comes down to it and he has to choose between Peggy and, and Howard, he would choose Peggy because Howard, he knows, would say, choose Peggy because ultimately she is the better person. Howard knows that he has a problem, and uh, he knows that Peggy can fix it, and ultimately they they reconcile and fix everything and create shield so clearly some good comes out of this but i feel like we're gonna have a couple more bad steps until we get to the good yeah and and with and you know adding on to that it's 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 i hope we can kind of expand on that because you know next week that's it as far as we know that's that's the end of this series (laughs) and it's as a one series almost like an extended one shot i don't think it was ever intended to be a ongoing series it was meant to to bring us from the end of the events of um the first avenger up to the one shot that already exists where Mm -hmm. peggy leaves um but there's a problem with that and that's that i believe unless i'm mistaken Dooley is alive in the one shot Oh. That is accurate. So it doesn't it doesn't tie in completely, but that was sort of the time period that they yeah. were doing, and they were just doing a little a little one shot series. I would still series. love to see it come back for more. I I think it would be great to see it come back for more. I'd be game for like a summer Carter series, like do it during the summer and then the hiatus for Shield, and then we'll literally have Marvel year round. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. I mean, heck, I would take a, a Peggy and Jarvis team up. Yeah, a a 12-episode team-up or something. That would be great. ABC, are you listening? We want that. That would be awesome. Um, Dynamic duo. Yeah, exactly. uh, But that would be really cool. I mean, I think what they've done in this season of of Agent Carter is – and just so much credit to Haley Atwell. She's done a a phenomenal job of of really keeping the character – uh, like maintaining uh, how well this character uh, is done, as she performed uh, as, and I really enjoyed it. I know everyone here loved it, so hopefully we'll get to see more of, of Peggy's adventures because I know we would definitely not say no to that. So well, we see we do see her in a little flashback in Ultron, so she's not oh, completely that's right. gone yet. Mm-hmm. She will be appearing briefly in Ultron. That's right. But awesome. yeah, I would like to see more than that. So, um, okay, so moving on to uh, Arrow yes. this week. Yes, let's talk about Arrow. Let, let, me, let, me just, let me just say this real quick. Out of, if, if I had to rank all the shows this week, the ones that we're just talking about, Arrow, I'm, I'm, sad, I'm sorry, I really like Arrow, but this would be my least favorite. Yes. And, and I say that because, well, okay, you know what? I'm going to hear you guys. No, 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 no. <laughs> Please continue. I want no, to hear to you shit talk Arrow for a change. <laughs> okay. I'll say this. I really enjoyed seeing Slade again. Mm-hmm. I love Manu Bedit as Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. So it was great seeing him and, you know, him trying to take out Thea and, and Oliver. I'm I'm sorry. I'm, I like the flashbacks. I don't like the flashbacks that have to do with Starling City. Because I feel like we've gone down that road. Mm-hmm. I feel like we already knew Thea was into drugs. We already knew, you know, everything that's happening with, with uh, Laurel's father grieving over Sarah when he... First time she thought he thought she was dead. You know, I just feel like we're just kind of like rehashing and it's recycling stuff we've already seen before. So that kind of like bugged me because I'm like I, I was I was hoping for a lot more Manu Bedit and a lot more Slade Wilson in this episode. Like I was mm-hmm. I thought he would break out and he'd be in full Deathstroke costume. Like I was, <laughs> you know, call me crazy fanboy, but I was excited. I wanted to see like him and Oliver go at it for twelve rounds. But are you angry? I was a little. I've mad. still never seen you angry before. Are you angry right now? <laughs> I was a little upset by this episode. You seem but... peaceful. 
peeved. You <sighs> seem peeved. You don't seem angry. And I, I don't know, but that that's just my thought. I mean, uh, I will say it is strange that the the guy with no depth perception can kick so much ass. Like I want to see him just for a change, like blindly throwing punches in a corner. Like Slade's just over, like yeah, take that. And Arrow's just like I'm over here. What are you doing, man? <laughs> Amy, what did you uh, what did you think? Am I crazy here? <laughs> Was um, it? Tell not me. necessarily. I think that they there were definitely moments in the flashbacks where you're like, okay, we've already seen this. Mm-hmm. Adam Holmes, who's on the Flash podcast, brought up a really good point, and he, it's kind of, um, I use it to defend the Starling City flashbacks. Okay. This is our chance to really start to see Oliver regressing to being that killer that hmm. we see back in the first season. When he starts the first couple episodes, he is a full-blooded killer. He yeah. has now since progressed out of that mm-hmm. and is becoming a, a hero. But in the flashbacks he needs to be regressing to that killer and becoming the dangerous killer. And we get to see that when he decides to kill this guy just because he knows who he is. And I feel like this is one of the first real, possibly the first, if I I'll have to really think about it, but this might be the first kill that Oliver's made Hmm. that was not for any other purpose than to protect his name. Um, I mean, yes, if they if 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 it had gotten out that Oliver Queen was back, he would have broken Amanda Waller's uh, promise and we would have been in trouble. But usually in the previous times, it's been like he's defending himself or he's killing people to achieve an objective. This one, I feel, was very cold blooded. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the first ones that he's had. And you could see it in his face when he was about to snap that guy's back. That he's like, I really don't want to do this, but I'm going to do this right now. And so we that scene we kind of get a chance to see him i like that that in the flashbacks they're starting to make that a little bit more evident that he is going to be regressing to that killer and they need to have that and i like the parallel because if you look at it in the flashbacks it's like he's going downhill and in the present day he's going uphill um but yeah the things with sarah's dad with sarah's dad uh with dr dr lance wow (laughs) detective lance definitely were probably unnecessary um I did like the flashbacks with Thea, although tell me I'm not the only one that looked like she was like wearing Hogwarts robes. I'm like, Thea, did you, did you go to Hogwarts when, when Olivia was away? Um, that and all of the wigs, I feel Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Tommy Merlin was on like a greaser kick or something. I'm like, what is going on here? Are you going to start singing a Summer Lovin' right now? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Um, but that that's kind of my theory on the on the flashbacks is that even though they may not necessarily progress the story, they're progressing Oliver's character as far as turning him into the killer that he once was or rather will be. Okay. Yeah, I have I have a kind of a simpler option or simpler opinion on the flashbacks in this episode. And I think I didn't dislike it as much as so many people because I really expected it to be very much heavy flashbacks and like yeah bringing us full circle, reminding us of where we came from, sort of like collecting ourselves and our thoughts and having a little reminder of how far each character has come because, solely because, this was the 60th episode. And they've been making a big deal for a while online um, about like, woo, 60th episode coming up and it's going to be a big one and we're doing this big sort of like emotional thing for this milestone episode. And that's kind of what that was is they just wanted to show how far all the characters have come which was which was nice for me to see i really enjoyed it um especially i think because i 
didn't necessarily I think a lot of people have got into Arrow recently and like binge watched from the first season and so all of that stuff is still very recent in their minds and it's been a while for me I kind of mm-hmm. like seeing the old stuff again me too. Um, I do I do agree with you though I did expect more to be made of Deathstroke mm-hmm. I was kind of sad that he like we didn't see him break out he was just like out yeah and then they had a little fight in the woods and then they had another little fight in the woods, and then he was captured again. Yeah, well, yeah. well Thea hit him with a stick, though. <laughs> so well, there's no bouncing it. back from that. <laughs> At least it wasn't a frying pan. <laughs> oh, that's I think, I personally, I think that they, they included that, that fight in there, and they got rid of him so quickly to show how strong Oliver has become now alongside Thea and to show how far that they've come in their training collectively. Like, this guy I, used to give you guys so much shit, and look how fast you, you did away with him. Okay. I completely agree. I have to... I, I rave about this. I love Team Queen. I love Oliver and Thea working together. I loved their little <laughs> camping trip to Purgatory. <laughs> I I really, really... The island is Lian Yu. It's called... Pur- it means Purgatory. What did you, what did you think about uh, Oliver <laughs> dislocating Thea's arm? Um... I have to a that like it was it was well done where Thea was like ah just get over it uh-huh. but I feel like either one of them could have been like <clears throat> okay so Thea go ahead and take off your shoe yeah I just love he's just like he's like small hmm someone could fit their arms through this cell if only someone had longer arms here hmm <laughs> well better dislocate yours. <laughs> people who were like oh my god he broke her arm and i was like no 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 no, 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 no. Okay. they don't show him popping it back in though which i found strange <laughs> which thought... would be painful right that would be really that would be worse but I... I i i loved everything about um team team queen as i'm calling them i think they work really well together i like that they really just at this point don't have any more secrets except for like all of the ones oliver's keeping from her still um <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was really excited, and I like how how anti Merlin Thea has become because it's justified. Yeah. Oh and so, God. Well, she knows now. She knows. Yeah, now. and she knows, and she knows how much of an absolute jackass Merlin is. Um, and I was gonna say something, and I don't remember. Oh, when is she gonna get a suit? I want her to get a suit, <laughs> and and she's gonna work with 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 Team Arrow, and it's gonna be awesome. I'm sure. <laughs> in the real like in the speedy costume yeah that would be cool to get this for so long and now that she is like team queen i'm totally stealing that from you (laughs) i i want to see her in the full-blown speedy suit i think it would be really really cool i I think cisco's got her back on that one yeah Yeah. he's kind of the suit coming he's the suit guy (laughs) i just i just love honestly i've hated thea for so long she has been (laughs) like the the pebble in my shoe and that in season two laurel and i feel like both of them really within just the past couple of episodes i'm like oh i used to hate thea and laurel and now i would actually kind of sort of rally behind them in a battle this is a problem (laughs) but in a good way no, like I, I, I'm really, I'm really thrilled with where they're going. I think Thea is easily becoming one of my new favorite characters, which I never actually ever, ever, ever in my entire life ever imagined I would say. <laughs> I'm so excited that people are getting more into Thea because I've always kind of liked her. And I mean, like, uh, I find that people dislike her because they think that she's just this whiny teen. Yep. And that's kind of what I liked about her. She was all messed <laughs> up and troubled and she wasn't a superhero and she was just this screwed up 
kid struggling to get by, and I thought that she was kind of justified in being a whiny teen. Like, she had a really crappy time of it, you know? That is an excellent... Her father dies, and her brother dies, and then she gets into drugs, and then she's not trusted by anyone, and everyone's keeping secrets, and her brother comes back, and her mother's stabbed in front of her, and she loses the family fortune, and, like... Gosh, she's got some reasons to whine. Yeah. Well, you put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Rose, Rose, I completely agree. Rose, I completely agree with you. I, I, I like Thea very much too because she does have her problems and she doesn't try necessarily to overcome them. She just deals with them, and and she becomes very relatable in that sense that she just kind of, she just kind of bucks up. I guess. Yeah, and she's not like she's not this perfect person who's like, yeah, I can deal with everything. She's like, ah, mm. oh, this sucks. Yep. Fine, screw exactly. it. I'm gonna go and go to work and open a club. Oh, my boyfriend cheated on me in front of me. Fantastic. Screw <laughs> what? You too. I killed Sarah. Ah, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> this well, would happen fantastic. to me. <laughs> <laughs> FML. <laughs> and, and see, that's another thing too. We she finally learned why they weren't telling her more about Sarah's death mm. because she now knows that she. It was her, but she doesn't. She doesn't mope about it. She just kind of takes it. Ah, oh, man, this sucks. But we have Slay to deal with, so I can't let my emotions get in the way. She gets. She gets right back to it. There wasn't even a crying. Yeah, there wasn't yeah. even a crying sequence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Laurel. Have you guys seen the trailer for next week? Can I talk? Yeah. About yes. What yes. She yes. Does in response to learning that her her father totally screwed her over. Please and he, do. She just like gift wraps him and sends <laughs> him to Razal. <laughs> Where, where I love Arrow and everybody knows how much I love Arrow, but I feel like this season has been kind of like two misses and a hit for me. I feel like the first half of the season was just kind of a lot of downhill and I was really unhappy where it was going. But within the last two to three episodes, I feel like it has just been skyrocketing upwards. And as long as they continue on this trend, I am... In full confidence that we're gonna we're gonna have some really good television coming our way. Oh, so much, and we get to see Nanda Parvat properly. We get to see Roz. Yes. We get to we may even get to see the Lazarus Pit because they've admitted that it exists in the universe. Mm -hmm. And I have this dark, twisted part of me that kind of wants Roz to like torture Merlin to the point of death and then dump him in the pit <laughs> to bring him back and do it all over again. <laughs> evil. <laughs> I, I I still want ah oh gosh I have a dream I have a dream <laughs> that Nissa Happy took February. Sarah out of that freezer to Kurt and Anna Parbat and Sarah is still alive. That's oh, right. That's oh. Uh, we can dream. But, we can dream. But we do get Nissa back in the next one, which will be really cool. And I kinda wanna see Nissa face off against Thea. Ooh, I want to see that, that cool happening center. and the awareness that, you know, even though she was sort of drugged and didn't know what she was doing, you still killed the woman I love and like, oh, it'd be a great battle. So basically, I need to go watch it again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're I, not I, wrong, though. I... Slade return was not yeah, as was exciting as I was hoping. You very anticlimactic, mm -hmm. you know, just... It, Manu Bennett deserves better than that. Like, he... he we all know he is Deathstroke, so mm. I don't know. Like I loved what he did in season two, so I just was hoping that his return would be a little bit more, be a little bit better. But uh, Casey, do you want to say something? I, yeah, I do. I do think that this season is better than than previous seasons, but I just can't. I just can't get over his dumb face. I can't get over his fucking his dumb fucking face. He has this look on his face. Okay, you know that scene in in Pineapple Express where Danny McBride is like. Rope to a chair. He's like, I'm gonna flex and bust out. And he like flexes and he's like, all right, no, I'm not going to flex and bust out. 
Oliver Queen is I'm a flex and bust out personified for me. <laughs> I, it's just it's it's painted on his face when he's stick fighting with Thea in the woods, just like fuck. I'm so cool. Oh, Oliver Queen, fuck. I'm so cool. So Casey, maybe that's just maybe that's just me. Maybe that's a personal flaw that I see in myself that I like, attribute to Oliver Queen. I don't know. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a fortune teller. I have no idea. But I know so, that this is how I feel. Your problem with Oliver is his resting bitch face. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. That is exa- <laughs> that's exactly it. It's his resting bitch face. And I, re- I realize that's a serious disease that affects millions of Americans every year. It's very serious. Okay. So I totally, I, I have to disagree with you. You think, um, I think season two so far has, has outpaced season three by like a long shot. Hmm. I, I agree too. I, uh, I, would, I would agree with that. I think that this one's definitely been the slowest start so far, though the mid-season finale just topped mm, so much of anything. Like, the climb was an insane episode, which is going to happen when you murder your main character. <laughs> yeah, Very true. Duel, you know, like, Despite um, the fact you fucking bring him back one episode later. So <laughs> we, ta- we talked before, um, I think it was you, Casey, how, how you thought he he got stabbed in the heart and we corrected that <laughs> assumption. Yep, but I remember. But that being said, when the next episode or like two episodes later, when you see him standing up and you can see his wound, his wound is clearly in his abdomen, whereas he was clearly stabbed in the thorax. Conspiracy? Oh. And that bothered <laughs> I me. I feel like, I, I don't know. I don't know well, if that's, if that's I, a I, if I remember watching it and seeing it was a downward stab that went like below his ribs, I thought it was. That's a... the first one, like in his side. Yeah, the and other then he one pulled is out up. and kicked him off the cliff. No, but he stabbed him twice. Did he? He stabbed him once in the we... side, like a yeah. gut punch, and that, and that brought him to sword, the ground. Yeah, turns around, that gets him to the ground, and then he stabs upward. You know the meme where they now are putting Felicity's face on Ra's al Ghul? <laughs> That's the, the meme where you can clearly see where he's stabbing um, him, and it's like up, and I want to say, okay, I'm going to get really, if it was if it was a woman, it was right at boob level. Um, that's the official ana- anatomical term. Men can have But then boobs. the next episode, it's below his diaphragm. So it's actually like below his rib cage. And so hmm. I, I, that weirded me out. So I don't know if that's a hint or just a little bit of a continuity error. But hmm. anyway. Can, I, I, I vote conspiracy. I 100% vote conspiracy. Because, yeah, I'm just saying that there's the really famous picture where he's kneeling, Oliver's kneeling and Rod's above him and he's going in like under his rib cage. And hmm. yeah, I'm gonna have to watch this again now. <laughs> oh damn! Do some research. What a shame. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have to watch shirtless Oliver again. Dang oh, it! No. Damn it! <laughs> Wait, I missed it. Maybe just one more time. Rewind. Play. Rewind. Play. There was there was that a great... sequence over and over. <laughs> I think um I think Nerdist put it out. It was like a meme that says uh. Oliver died as he lived, shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. I that's like that. Good I like that. All right. So moving on from one CW show that, you know, like I said, it wasn't my favorite, but I will watch it again. I will give it another shot. Um, we move on to what I think is probably one of the best episodes of The Flash this season. Yes. All right. <laughs> I love a flash. Oh my gosh! And I don't know what it was. Okay, I'm just I, you know what? I'm just gonna put it out there right now. The scene where Firestorm split from Doctor Stein. It was sexy, right? It was amazing. <laughs> that scene where they they showed the split. Oh my god! 
the the special effects in that scene with Agent Carter was cool where he explodes. Yeah, that uh, scene was amazing. That was motion picture level. Yeah. Special effects. That Absolutely. Was, um, On a CW show. Yes. I love it. Oh, gosh. You guys Which rule, Flash. Which should give you a whole lot of faith for what they're going to do for Grodd. Absolutely. No. Oh, well, speaking, uh, <laughs> speaking of which, who, who wants to geek out first? Who wants to geek out yes. about the ending first? Raise your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Rose, Rose, let us know what you thought about the ending there. We're going to start oh, things out backwards now. I'm so excited We're going to Tarantino it. I'm so stupidly excited about this, and I'm so excited that they have the effects and the budget to do him really well yes. and to make him look so scary and it's oh it's just so awesome i love how they've changed his backstory i love how they've been leading up to this over like a separate four episodes already and it's oh, it's so good that last shot of his face is so good <laughs> not god grog that was so cool uh amy what did you think of harrison wells uh, uh, becoming uh, standing. Yeah. <laughs> well, we do. We do that already. But you know, going reverse flash on Doctor uh, on a General Eileen. That's kind of that's kind of cool. Actually. I just loved his face where he was like, "Yeah, that's right." So. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> and 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 oh, is it General Eileen? Is his name? Is the actor's name Tom Clancy? Or is that or, no? Uh, that's that, no, um, that's the author. Uh, that's the author. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Clancy's the guy who wrote everything. <laughs> I think it's it's Clancy um, Brown. Adams? Was that racist? What no, you just no, said? That was not, what are you talking about? You just asked if Tom Clancy was brown. No, Pete. I said his name's Clancy Brown. Something like that. But anyway, I oh, love right. his face, okay. and I love that he's now dead. Um, I I don't have a whole lot of uh, backstory with Grodd at okay. all. Right. Um, so with the exception of the fact that I know he is a giant killer ape, yes, believe, uh, with psychic I, powers, I really don't have um, any kind of knowledge of where we're going with that. So I'm just excited is, to see where it's going to go, which is totally cool because they've completely changed the backstory anyway. And with damn good reason, because mm-hmm. um, obviously the backstory in the flash now is that he was a medical experiment gorilla for Harrison Wells working for the army trying to make human weapons and he's been enhanced in order to give him uh because he's got genius level intelligence and he is also telepathic Mm -hmm. and um and then add that to like the strength and brutality of an ape and that's why you have wygrod's such a cool villain um i really like that i think it ties into the flash and what we're doing a lot more it ties into the whole harrison wells thing so much more conveniently in the uh, source material in the comics, Grodd is actually one of a member of a society of super intelligent telepathic apes called Ape City, I think, mm-hmm. uh, that was created when a spaceship crashed. And he's mm. constantly busting out of this peaceful civilization and trying to take over the world and being like hauled back home by the actual king of Ape City. So it's kind of a really <laughs> weird backstory and i'm so glad that they're not doing that like it would just like i i can under i can get my head around particle accelerator explosions and metahumans and superpowers and be totally cool with that but i think if they brought in like magic spaceship crashes that made hyper intelligent mind reading (laughs) apes I would not be totally cool with that. It'd be a little bit of a it'd be a little bit of a leap, I think. A little bit of a stretch, you know. Particle accelerator explodes, and suddenly your molecules are moving too quickly. Oh, yeah. also, 
there's telepathic aliens that made an ape city. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I love the Flash. I love the Flash because it doesn't take itself too seriously. Like it, it has great special effects. It knows it. It knows that it has these superheroes with superpowers. It knows it. That's cool. They even make references to Back to the Future and other sci-fi things. I like wrote that. these down. They, they, they made references to Friends, Terminator, Back to the Future. <laughs> And Game of Thrones. I'm so happy you wrote those down. They have referenced Star Wars, and if you include Cisco's T-shirts, they reference oh. like another. Game. <laughs> They've had the rock paper scissors lizard Spock one before. Oh shit! Oh, okay. So Big Bang Theory exists in the Flash. That it's confirmed. It, it exists in the same yeah. universe. So Sh Sheldon crossover confirmed. <laughs> Seen a nerd exclusive. Oh my god, I would I would really actually love to see that. Sheldon <laughs> Cooper against Harrison Wells. That would Wells. be so funny you know, because he would be so excited. He'd be like, all the theoretical science that I theorized about is true. <laughs> you know, seeing as CBS and CW are connected, I'm surprised they haven't had an episode of the Big Bang Theory where he accidentally runs into Grant Gustin or, <laughs> right. you know, oh, yeah. yes. how has that not happened oh, yet? They have, they have so many guesters. They had Nathan Fillion on this week. Oh, okay. Was which was funny, which was cute. <laughs> But yeah, it would be so cool. I would love to see Grand Gustin like it coming into the new comic book shop. That would be funny. That would be really cool. Flash. <laughs> that would be really funny. Or have him like come in as Grant Gustin, or maybe they're not connected to the universes, but have him come in as Grant Gustin looking for source material to research oh, his oh, And Sheldon nice. is just like yeah. Sheldon sitting him down and schooling him. Yeah, like, <laughs> let me tell you about the flash. Okay, let me, let me get you ready. And Grant's just sitting there like kind of like, oh, right. oh God, what did I do? Bill oh, oh. Beaton lied to me. This is not a thing. <laughs> so um so getting back to the to the other parts of the show because we love the ending so much that right. was amazing yeah i i wanted to ask oh, you what do you think about them moving towards an explanation for barry's mom's murder that's actually what i was about to get to okay right cool there. so um I, I i really like that they're getting to this now i like that we we're learning that future barry or i don't even know if it's future barry anymore if it's just it's present day present day barry well we've or, had that theory since the beginning is that it, it's obviously barry in reverse flash but we don't we didn't know the scenario at which yeah. it came about but now we can kind of deduce that all right him and wells eventually have a standoff and i think wells is playing the part of like he's playing the the stone that sharpens the sword he's he's the thing that that forces barry to become better and he, he takes him to the past and they do something so we know that eventually barry's mom disappears but we don't know where she goes we don't know what happens after their showdown so i think there is still a chance that she is still alive and the space-time continuum can be uh not destroyed I guess, or not yeah. changed. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm feeling. I'm feeling Back to the Future rules instead of Terminator <laughs> rules is what I'm trying to get at. I guess. Okay. No, I. I, I, wonder, I I'm wondering how it's gonna work with uh, Barry Allen's father because obviously his whole thing was, you know, I'm gonna prove your innocence. But mm. I think it, he can't exactly go to, you know, the <laughs> the judicial system, the judge, <laughs> jury, and be like, okay, guys, here's the thing. <laughs> so, so there's super these two nice. people that time travel by running really, really, really fast around the earth backwards. And because after this accident, like, no. Uh -uh. So does his dad just languish in prison? Or after he figures it out, is he going to go break his dad out? Because we know he can get in and out of prison. He's mm. done it before. Mm -hmm. That's a good question. I, I don't. Would Barry go that far as to save his father um, to do something like that? I mean, who knows? I, I mean, who, who knows? knows? I mean, you know, hopefully he I, I would hope that he just kind of wants to do it his way, which is trying to, you know, prove his father's innocence. But at the same time, he knows. Well, at the same time, he's now he's telling Joe, I have an edge now. I know what I can do to fix what happened. But 
What I like too was they reference this in the show is Cisco. I think it was Cisco. They talking about time travel and how when you make one, when you go back in time and you do one thing, it has a ripple effect or a butterfly effect that just changes everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Amy, what did you think about that? Do you think that? Do you think they would allow Barry to alter that? But it just in a way where let me throw, let me put it. This, did you watch Smallville? No. Okay. All right. I watched um, Nashville. Does that count? <laughs> no, no, not at all. All right. So, okay. Okay. I'll just ask. Do you think they would allow that to happen in the show where it would, he would save his mom, but it would have a complete ripple effect on what goes on as, as he does save his mom? Well, see, that's, that's the big thing. That's my concern. If Barry decides to go back in time and ends up saving his mom, he will not have the inspiration to become a forensic scientist, which will never lead him to Starling City, which will never lead him to be back in that room when the particle accelerator explodes, which means he'll never become the Flash. He'll never save people's lives and never save future people's lives, and there will be no one to combat the metahumans that are going to exist because technically the timelines with Harrison Wells and Barry don't cross until Barry becomes the Flash. So Barry's mother staying alive would not affect the particle accelerator crash from happening. So when that happens, there's still going to be the metahumans, but no one to counter the metahumans. So the question is, would Barry risk never becoming the Flash to save his mom knowing that he is going to put people's lives in dangers and have no one to combat the metahumans. And I think, I don't think he would. I think he would, I I think it's going to be an issue. Like that. that's kind of where my time travel thing comes into play. That's my theory on what's going to happen or what would happen. Okay. And so the question becomes exactly what you said. Will the team at Star Labs let him go back in time and do that? Will Barry let himself do that? Or will Barry say, or maybe her, maybe his dad would say it. Maybe his dad would be like, yes, but your mother, if she could see what you've become now, she would be so proud of you. Mm. You are saving lives. She would want you to continue doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the lives of the few to save the lives of the many. Sacrifice her to continue being the Flash. So I I don't know. I kind of have this really, really weird theory that it wasn't Dr. Wells that was the second speedster in the room, that it was a future, future Barry. So you've actually got two Hmm. Barrys, one trying to prevent the cascade of events that I just talked about, and then one who's trying to save his mom. And so the question is, which future do you want? So that's my theory. I like that theory. I wish you could see my face right now. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's just a random theory I have that Dr. Wells isn't one of the speedsters. But that's um, brilliant. I love that. But then again, you've got the colors, the two different colors. Mm -hmm. But we also have like 10 different, like like a gazillion different people who could be the reverse flash. So I don't know. Maybe maybe a future future Barry comes back in time and stops, tries to stop present day Barry and is like, look at what happens if you change history. And like shows given, the whole time. Given that we know that Wells is back from the future and attempting to change things that were not going well and needs the Flash to be there, could Maybe there it's be? Him. I know. Could he be future future Barry? They have a lot of physical similarities. They both have the same kind of intelligence. There's been a lot of mystery over where he came from and who he really is. We're pretty much assuming Harrison Wells is not his real name. Why not have him be future future Barry who comes back to battle? current future Barry, if that makes sense. No, it does. It does. Current future Barry is going to go back to try to save his mom. Future future Barry, who is also Harrison Wells, go back to try to stop him. And that's why they're fighting around. Because it's always been kind of obvious to me. Maybe that's maybe that makes me sound like I 
am smarter than I am, but that it's it's always been re- like reverse flash and flash fighting, trying one trying to save his mother and one not. Or me. So it's... I love I love the idea that 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 you put forward that they're both Barry, and I kind of love the the thought of Harrison Wells as future future Barry, just because or... it would be really weird. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe maybe it's future future Wells coming back in time saying Ooh, they're oh, trying cool. to stop future present Barry from saving his mom. What if present future past Barry is <laughs> future past Wells, future modern vintage? All right, so I saw a store the other day because this is San Francisco. Sorry, to go off on a tangent. I saw a store that sold uh, vintage modern antiques. And I, sta- I sat and I stared. I thought, what the hell do they sell there? I wish I had you guys with me because you guys seem to have a really firm grasp of future past people. And I, I, Pete and I are just sitting here with like our head on our hands, like cheesing, just like, this is beautiful. I want all of this to happen. We do. We do that. But I mean, you guys, you guys' theories are just. They're brilliant. Awesome. Honestly, I mean, this they're is brilliant. great. Um, I want it to have. I want Barry to come back and help past Barry. Now I've never considered that, but I want that to be. I want that to be what happens. But it makes sense. Like, I could see like future future Barry going. No, this has to happen uh-huh. for you to turn into who you are. Like for you to continue on the road you're on. What I want to happen is them speeding around the room really fast, and then everything just goes white, and it's like Tuxedo Barry standing <laughs> with younger Tuxedo Barry, and they have like a calm Matrix Matrix esque <laughs> like normal conversation. So what? Future Future Barry's like the architect? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're just going so fast, it's just white room, and they're standing there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he made me snort. <laughs> I'm thinking now um, of a line, I think it was in this episode, or last episode, where Barry says all he's ever wanted to do is help people. And he has finally become that person. So what if future future Barry was like knock knock, like knocking on his head, being like, Hello, you said that all you wanted to you wanted to ever wanted to ever to ever do or do was, was help people and now you're wrong. Whoa. Whoa. I mean, come on, like the hello. We- hold on, the, sorry, Amy. The weirdest thing just happened with your feet. It it sounded like the remix fe- featuring Will I Am. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> like all right, just say say your last couple of sentences. Yeah, because that would kinda like did you hear that too, Rose? Yes, she okay. split into like current Amy and <laughs> <laughs> Rose. You and I are on the exact same wavelength. Oh, I was about God. to make that exact same joke as we like. Actually, I was just having a conversation with future Amy, who told me I wanted to stop being such a jackass. We're done. And I was wrong. We're done. Was over. Shut that it down. Over. We can't top that. We're done. Oh, oh my, my God. God, that was great. Um, I'm steaming up my glasses. Here, guys. Is, I don't even oh, remember what I was talking about before future Amy rocked in the room. <laughs> future Amy succeeded. I'd like to point out that future Amy uh, was wearing a fantastic outfit. So clearly I have decent fashion sense in the future. Oh my gosh. So oh, many theories. Man. I think bottom line is we love the show. We like where it's going. And personally, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see how they wrap it up. Uh, this is the first season too. This is the first oh season. How awesome is that? Yeah, it's it's great. And you know, we haven't even talked about Firestorm yet and how right. you know how that all went down with Stein and and uh, and Ronnie. Uh uh hopefully um I hope we get to see them more and more. Obviously mm. they're taking off for now, but I mean, I think I did read ahead where it was teased that um they were going to give like him an actual suit. So I'm excited to see um how that turns out. Um just real quickly, what did you, uh, Amy? What did you think about uh, the whole split? And then they tried to stay apart, and it just didn't work out. I 
loved it. I thought it was super cool. I thought it was so well done. I loved everything about Firestorm. I loved the whole, I loved both actors getting together and the thing with the mind and, and the pizza and the writing on the hand and then the tapping in the Morse code, which by the way, if I have learned one thing <laughs> from DC or from, from superhero television this week, mm -hmm. it is that I really should learn Morse code. Yeah, right. It always <laughs> impresses me how many people know Morse code in these universes. Should be taught <laughs> in school. I can get. But I mean, I guess I can also get Cisco, so it makes sense. But I'm glad that Ronnie wasn't like, oh, clearly he's Morse coding right now. <laughs> but I thought it was really well done. I loved the effects. I loved everything. Um, I I loved the the relationship between both of their women, um, with Caitlin and with um, Stein's wife, oh, where yeah. they both understood what was going on and understood what needed to happen. Because the reality is, those two people cannot exist separately from each other they would it would just drive them insane i mean imagine all of the feelings that they're each getting and then having to to feel what everybody else is like the other person in their brain is feeling i think it would be very weird so i think that they clearly need to solve their whole interconnected dimensional mind thing before they can really be with the women that they love but i i loved the everything about this episode and the part with caitlin everything with caitlin and and ronnie just made my heart like melt in a good way uh, Rose, yeah. uh, do you it, want to share it, how you felt? Uh, just exactly the same way, honestly. It was adorable. It was sweet. There were odd couple moments. There was his random craving for pizza, which was just <laughs> like, cute and I funny. That was awesome. And um, I kind of talking about you know them in the future, the the women coming to terms with their little combined mind. I have to wonder if, if Stein's wife is kind of like, hey, just take the mind over. Stay in that body. It's cool. It's fine. <laughs> 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 I'd be like, oh, yeah, abs, but... <laughs> you can play the pizza boy. <laughs> <laughs> I am super, super excited for the next thing that we see with Firestorm because they've gone away from the Flash now, but uh, Stephen Amell was posting pictures of him and Robbie and Robbie with the Firestorm chess piece. I for arrow Whoa. i don't know if that's for arrow so or much as that was just flash. a picture i think it was just a picture because I, I looked and it looked like the same location where they were shooting the military scene so i think maybe literally they were just shooting in a similar location and and steven was like yo robbie and robbie was like yo steve let's take <laughs> let's for first let me take a selfie and they like took a picture and i think that that was just a that that um, them taking a picture people, in the past. Usually, I, I do love Stephen Mel's Facebook page. I think he is like an idol for what people should be doing with their social media. Yes. And usually when he's posting stuff that are images of him in costume or even with other people that he's like on set, those have always ended up being crossovers and Present being day. filming now. Yeah. So it, it did make me go like, oh, please say, please say he's going to come over because that would just be, be awesome. or, or that Arrow is going to come back to the Flash again because we know they like wander in and out of each other's cities all the time and it makes a little more sense for Barry to go to, uh, to Oliver given that he can get there a whole lot faster. But I really want to see those two together. So I want to I want to finish talking about the Flash with just as one thing. Now we got teased at the end with, uh, and I'm talking about Next week's episode. Mm -hmm. Now it's all. It feels like it's all coming to a head now with Harrison Wells and them actually starting to see that he might not actually be who he is. And and I we got a quick glimpse if you guys saw it of Cisco watching Wells turning himself into two 
people whoa, like whoa, two what? Like two images yeah what a, where like the fuck clo- did you like, see that like he cloned himself what yeah that wait. was what wait what if one of them becomes future future barry what oh well, yes right. <laughs> <laughs> right well i mean that would explain when they were dealing with the reverse flash before and yet harrison wells was still present right or he was just moving so fast that yeah that he's that, able to yeah, split himself. oh that's a good point assuming there was that he was just moving super super fast but yeah i think that actually makes more sense with uh with having like future future barry slash harrison (laughs) i don't really i don't really know how future future harris or future future barry can be harrison but i feel like future future barry could certainly be the reverse flash what about future 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 barry can he do that oh no he and future 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 oliver queen are just like sharing a cigar (laughs) that's what it'll take place they're like yep that happened (laughs) <laughs> oh, but it, it seems like uh, it seems like uh, they're you know we're kind of getting teased as to how the season's gonna end. Maybe they're finally gonna figure out that Harrison Wells isn't who he says he is. Um, I'm excited to see how it goes. I mean, this season, like Casey says, has just been amazing. This is a sol- rock solid first season. Yeah. Um, this this past episode, at least for me, put it atop like all the the, the comic book shows. Like for me, I Absolutely. love the Flash. Right, that's my favorite, my favorite, favorite, favorite show. Um, uh, so anyway, that was TV talk for today, man. That was put a, a tie a ribbon on that, man. That was fantastic. <laughs> so to, to end things like we always do, uh, classic movie picks for for this week. Uh, Rose, why don't you kick things off for us? I suck at this. But, you always put uh, our guests on the spot. <laughs> I don't even think they prepared them because we don't tell them ahead of time. Um, you can tell we're very organized, right? Today. If you need a second to think, I can go. Something that, that has to do with how much we've been talking today about like the awesome superhero TV and superhero movies, and this is like the massive renaissance for comic book movies and comic book characters. So I'm gonna go back and do my TV and my movie pick for some of the earlier, some of the shows and the movie at the start of this new era of comic book stuff, which would be the first X-Men, which has its flaws, but which is kind of responsible for kickstarting the whole MCU and the massive DC Cinematic Universe things, uh, and Smallville, because we've been talking about it, and I've been watching it lately, and it's fun, and it's a precursor to uh, to all the awesome shows that we've been geeking out over. Yeah, I've always thought that Smallville, they looked at Smallville and they said, okay, this is what we did right, and this is what we did wrong. Let's fix it, and I feel like they've done that with all the shows that they've started to come out with now. Um, all right, Amy, what do you got for us? Uh, kind of sticking with my theme of um, my classic movie picks from way back in the day actually being shows that are currently out. Um, I would just like to suggest that if you guys get a chance and you can add more TV shows to watch, um, I would really, really consider picking up Chicago Fire and Chicago Hmm. PD. They are really well done. They're, um, they're, it's a very different feel than a a story show like Arrow and The Flash, a serial show where the stories continue week to week. Uh, Chicago PD and Chicago Fire are both procedurals, so it's a new either case or a new um, series of cases in each episode with the same characters, and they have their own stories. But um, the reason I'm suggesting this is that last night's Chicago PD episode was one of the best episodes on television that I have seen in a very, very long time. It was really hard hitting. Both shows are. There is a lot of emotion involved in both of these shows. They kind of, Chicago Fire especially, has the ability to tap into humanity and to our emotions and our reactions as humans and what we as humans are capable of, both uh, of great evil and of great good at goodness. Um, 
and it, it really can touch you in a way I couldn't think of the best. Is it great Goodness. good and great evil? That's a line I feel like from a superhero. Um, <laughs> yeah, close enough. But they they really they it has the ability to touch on humanity that really a lot of I don't think I've ever seen on another show. So if you guys get a chance, they're both long. Uh, Chicago Fire is currently in its third season. Chicago PD is in its second. They both were renewed. They're both Dick Wolf shows, so they actually mm. all cross over with each other as well as. Um, Law and Order SVU. And so okay. they've actually done crossover episodes and the crossover episodes they do with each other are all really good. Like actual real legitimate crossover episodes. Um, very similar to kind of the crossover between, you know, the Flaro crossover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, really well done. Great series. Um, most of the episodes are, are really, every episode's really solid. Um, a lot of them will require tissues. <laughs> Just a forewarning. But they're also, they're, you know, they're also really well done. And it's they're all filmed in Chicago. So it's really cool to see the uh, actors and see a new place, which you don't often see on television. So, yeah, that's my kind of classic current movie pick, all right, which all is right. actually television. Nice. <laughs> that works, too. Awesome. Uh, Casey, what do you got? All right. So we missed last week, right? So I've got two that I'll just go through real fast. Uh, I'm sticking with Murder Mystery. Okay. So okay. my first pick, which I was going to – I had written down to pitch last week, uh, is the classic – uh, Jack Nicholson one because I saw him on Saturday Night Live. Uh, okay. Chinatown. Oh, nice! It is. Uh, it's a murder mystery. It, it has a lot of. It has payoff moments. It has non-payoff moments. It has a lot of, a lot of skepticism and like, oh, who, who done it? What does this mean? Like, who is bad guy, good guy? What is, what is the like the cryptic gardener? What does that mean? And shit like that. Um, following that up real quick uh, is my second uh, murder mystery one. Uh, not not as serious. Uh, a little bit more modern. Uh, Black Dynamite. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Uh, it's fucking amazing. Uh, it's shot in the style of a 1970s murder mystery, but uh, it's not serious at all. And it has this main character named Black Dynamite, who is the most intense person ever. Okay. It's like if Terry Crews had an afro and like solved the mysteries. Well, I guess he does on... On Brooklyn Nine Nine. All right, it, it, that's a bad example. That's a bad example. But like, at one point, he'll stand up and be like, "Ah, oh, you done fucked up now." But like, there's a boom mic in the shot because they just don't care. <laughs> so, uh, little two different two different styles of yeah, movie, very but different. both murder mystery and both. I'm not I'm not gonna say equally as good, but both very good. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thank you, Casey. You're welcome. Love the intensity on that, too. That was good. <laughs> Dynamite. Right. So my movie for this week, uh, I was actually watching it last night, it's, and, and, and it kind of goes along with what Amy's doing. It's not very classic, but it, it will be a classic, and like it, it might be a classic, considered classic now. And that's a movie that got snubbed by the Oscars this year. I don't know how that happened, but the Lego movie. Oh. Yes. The Lego movie is oh, so nice. amazing. It is very good. It is I, I, was, I was watching it last night. I was watching it with my little girl, and I was like, oh, this movie's so cool. And, and she was sitting there watching it with me. And I was like, this movie just like caters to every age group. doesn't matter what age you are. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just Chris Pratt is so awesome as lead character. And then just, just he has this hysterical banter with, um, oh, I can't remember the, the actress. Um, Wild Style. Wild Style. <laughs> no, I'm forgetting the, the actress's name. Uh, Elizabeth Banks. Um, sorry. Uh, but yeah, just. Everyone in that movie is so good. Morgan Freeman, even when they have their their huge like council where they all get together to find out if he's like the special as they call it, and like all these people come in, like Channing Tatum as Superman, Jonah Hill as Green Lantern. They actually had Shaq as Shaq, you know, <laughs> the Lego. genie, not that Shaq. Oh, uh. yeah. <laughs> but just like all the all the, the the different characters, it was hilarious. If you haven't seen it, what's wrong with you? You need to watch the Lego Movie. Definitely one of the best movies that came out last year. Um, so. 
That is going to do it for this crazy-ass show today. God, today's episode is awesome. <laughs> I do miss Matt. Like, there's a dynamic here. I said it last week. We're missing the... Well, the week before. We're missing the cute one. Like, Matt's <laughs> Matt's the nice guy, and you're, the fun, you're like the laughy guy, and I'm just an asshole, and we have no one to balance it out. Of course, we have credible guests, which is nice. Yes. Thank you, too, for being on the show. Okay, yes. so speaking of, uh, the, of Lego Movie, did yes. you guys see Amy Geek? Uh, posted on her Instagram page. She was at a convention a couple weekends ago, and she posted a picture. Someone made a life-size couch bunk bed. What? <laughs> that awesome. is cool. Check that, it out on her Instagram. I'm, I'm going to go really check cool. that out. That's check really that shit cool. out on eBay. Oh, my gosh. You can actually, that is something you've been able to buy for a little while. Um, but it's it's actually a, a, a couch that comes apart, and then it flips up to become bunk beds. Whoa, it's really, it's like, really cool, and it's it's always it's um, it's something that's marketed, not really marketed, that's <laughs> memed all over the place. It's like, oh, go sleep on the couch, okay. <laughs> Honey, can I sleep on the couch, please? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, yeah. so that is gonna do it for our show today. Yeah. That was so much fun. Uh, Amy Rose, thank you for for being on the show. This was this was such a blast. Absolutely. We, we might have to we might have to do this again when uh, Arrow has like their grand finale or the mm. Flash has their the grand finale is basically for the season. We might need to have, have that'll a, be a super episode. Have everyone sure. come together again. <laughs> super. <laughs> super. <laughs> we may <laughs> jokes are fun. <laughs> All right. So um, let them know where they can find yeah, you. Guys. Rose, Rose, where can everyone find you at? Uh, you can find me at moviepilot.com, where I write all of my articles about superhero TV shows and all that kind of stuff. You can also find me at Twitter, which is at Rose Moore Writes. And that's more with two O's and writes as in the thing that I do on my computer all day. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, Amy, where can everyone find you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy underscore Marie 97. Um, I also host the Peggy Carter podcast and Assembly of Geeks podcast. You can find both of those actually at assemblyofgeeks.com. And be sure to check those shows out. They're really, really good. Um, Casey, where can everyone find you? Oh, if they, I guess if they kind of want to, they could. Uh, they can listen to my ramblings on Twitter at Via Blast. It's spelled exactly how it sounds, <laughs> Via Blast. Uh, where I put people on blast, they can see my my random photos on Instagram at Facey Cranko. That is my first and last last name with the first letters switched. Uh, <laughs> and if they want to, uh, I've never pitched this before, but I do program direct for my college's radio station, Urban Nights Radio. Uh, really, really talented group of uh, student DJs this year. So if you like eclectic college, college stations, come and check that shit out. UrbanNightsRadio.com. Awesome, awesome. And that's probably the last time I will pitch that, <laughs> I promise. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Casey. Uh, you can find uh, me at Pacing Pete on Twitter. Same thing on Instagram. You can find us at SceneAndNerd.com, uh, uh, at SceneAndNerd on Twitter. Um, not at SceneAndNerd.com, just, just SceneAndNerd.com. There it is. <laughs> I'm mixing things up here. Uh, you can send us an email, uh, SceneAndNerd at gmail.com, if you want to throw us some suggestions. Are there shows you're watching that we're not watching? Is there anything mm -hmm. we're not talking about that you want us to talk about? So until next time, like I always say, you have a DVR, use it. Bye, 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 bye. Swipe right for us on Tinder, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Scene and Nerd. Find even more geeky podcasts on geekspeaknetwork.net. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, guys. There's also a garbage truck or a recycling truck outside my window right uh, now. That's fine. So that's what all that annoying noise is. We record from a van half the time anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
Is this like Sky's van? Like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> cool van? All good superhero teams have vans, as we learned in Flash last night. Yes. Or not last night. On Tuesday. Or whatever. Last night? Yeah. Wait, there was another one? <laughs> they really all do have vans. You know what they need? <laughs> they need like one show where it's not like a cool looking van. It's like a, it's like a, a soccer bright mom red soccer mom like luxury <laughs> minivan. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all just like sitting in the car actually just like arrow my, my arrow man. stop playing with your friends stop fighting crime <laughs> <laughs> you yo, go, i don't yo. know why his mom is jewish <laughs> my uh one of my really good friends uh, my producer for the stuff that i do he's the camera guy that i do when i do all this stuff um he had a bachelor party and when he had a bachelor party his friends all dressed up like the justice league got in a minivan and rode through his cul-de-sac, like screaming outside the minivan to pick him up, like paying Justice League music. And they like, get in the car, get in the car. We're going to go save the world. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> Quick, it was, like, to the Batman. And it was so cool. And he was dressed up too. And their entire bachelor party was them going around the city in their Justice League outfits. That's it awesome. It was so cool. That is awesome. I was like, I want that for my bachelorette party one day. <laughs> That's so Super cool. van. That's awesome. 